0: Love Talk Radio
1: We're going to sing about the faithfulness of God Are you ready to sing with us? We're going to sing about His faithfulness As such a faithful God I've seen Him show up for me In unique ways You know, that's why I I'm quite reckless when I worship I I do anyhow, anyhow Anywhere beloved. Somebody Somebody's anywhere beloved. Are you ready to worship God with me like that? That is the kind of worship I want. To so put your hands. it's free.
2: Jehoshua, praise you, mighty God, mighty Jesus, mighty Yeshua, mighty Jehoshua. Shalom, shalom, my brother, my sister. Welcome to the Lord's hour. This is your home, brother in Christ. Lord, Elvis. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He's been so good with us. He has chosen us in him. Praise you, Lord. And thank you, Lord. He, Hallelujah says in his Proverbs three five to say, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart, lean not unto thy own understanding. Amen. God is calling us in the last days to trust in him. Trusting him with all in thy heart and do not lean on our own understanding. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. I'm gonna go over uh, Daniel twelve. Daniel twelve Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. As we share the last chapter of the book of Daniel, then we're going to go into the book of Revelation. Thank you, Lord. I believe that Daniel 12 is so prophetic because Michael will be the last, will be the the one in the last battle against the enemy, against the wicked, against the nation of this earth, especially rising against Israel. And we can already see what's going on in Israel. My brother and my sister. I hope everyone can hear me fine. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. What a faithful, awesome God we serve, my brother and sister. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. There's so much, so much I would like to say that I want to jump into it. Hallelujah. But I want to go into the word before I share anything. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Daniel 12:1 says at that time shall Michael stand up, that great prince, who standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble, which is that is recognized as the great revelation. Time of trouble is the great revelation. Such as had never seen. There was a nation, even to the same time at the same time thy people should be delivered. Everyone who shall be found writing in the book. How do I know? And remember, this is a Bible study, amen? How do I know that Daniel 12, 1, okay, is speaking about the great tribulation, okay? Well, see, here's the thing I learned, that the Word of God always confirms itself. I mean, you don't even, the prophet confirms itself. So, when you go to Matthew 25, what did Jesus say in regard, hallelujahs, to the great tribulation. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, who reader let him understand. Amen. Let him that be in Yuria flee unto the mountain. Let him that be in the house, stop not come down to take anything out of the house. Neither Let him that be in the field return back to take his clothes. What want to them that are with child, to them that give us suck in those days. I praise ye that fly be not in winter, neither in the Sabbath day, which is the last day of the week, which is Saturday. Then here's the confirmation. for then there shall be great tribulation, such it was not since the beginning of the world, to this time, nor ever it shall be. Okay? Same thing that says in Daniel 12. Shall be such a trouble, time of trouble, such it never been since there was a nation even to the same time in other time the people should be delivered okay so it's the same thing that jesus says in matthew 24 daniel says in daniel twelve one. so this is how i know this is for the great revelation because see the bible confirms itself you see one prophet confirms the other prophet. okay so the same thing that daniel says jesus says okay remember what the what the bible says in the witness are true or three, a man is settled. This is settled. My brother and sister, regard that this is in the great tribulation. Amen. But here's what God says to the people. At that time, thy people shall be delivered. Everyone shall be found with it in the books. Because the key in the last day is, is your name still in the books? Because many names will be wiped out of the book. My brother and sister. And the Bible tells you whose name are going to be wiped out of the book. Okay? The, the, we need to be in the book of life, the book of the Lamb. Not sisters, this, this book. Our name needs to be there. I heard a pastor years ago say that um, a man of God says that everyone that is born under a certain name is in the book of life. And according to how people go on with their life in God, it's how that name gets removed from the book of life, which I thought it was very interesting. Because a child is born without sin, without guilt. So it makes sense, right? And so they come to the age of accountability where he began to sin before God and do the things not pleasing unto the Lord. Then after that, if that child is not found in the way of the Lord. And, and really commit a life to God. If he start doing things not supposed to, then the name can be removed. Shalom, Brother Will. So it's very important, my brother and sister, that we understand that being in that book is important. And, and repenting and seeking God daily is one way for you to know your name is there. And the other way is you asking the Lord to show you a dream or vision that your name is there. Man, God, God, will, God will reveal it in his Bible. God will show signs, wonder. God can show you it's there. God can show you the book. I was taken to heaven one time, and I was allowed to look into the book and, look, and find my name. I found my name in the book. And there were other brothers and sisters named there, too. My brother's interested I didn't think I would be allowed to turn the page of the book, such a holy book of God, in heaven, but I was allowed. I was allowed to open the book, and I went and walked, and my name was there, my brother and sister. And the book is full of names. And it's important that our name are written in the book. And you can ask the Lord, my brother and sister, if your name is there. And you basically know if it is there. Also, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, there is a question that people have, hallelujah, whether, hallelujah, you have the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, in your life that people, a lot of people would like to know, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you still have the Holy Spirit in your life. Because remember Jesus said to me, when I come, if my Holy Spirit is in you, you'll come home with me. That's one of the things I asked the Lord. How do I know that I'll be going home with you in the rapture and the, the pasture of the bride of Christ? And the Lord says that if my, if my Holy Spirit is still in you when I come back, you'll come home with me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So that's important. This important to know whether the Holy Spirit is in us. But how do you know now if the Holy Spirit is in you? Hallelujah! And this this is the question that I'm going to answer tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah! Praise you, God. Praise you, Yeshua. Praise you, Jehoshua. You know, I I knew that. I didn't look at time. I was still working outside almost 8 o'clock tonight, and it was almost time for the program, and I ran to to get ready and just began to pray, came on the computer and began to pray without going into the Bible like I usually do. My brother and sister, time goes by so fast. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. But hallelujah, it is confessing the Lord, every spirit, that that call Jesus Lord. No, no one can call Jesus Lord except by the Holy Spirit. In a, in another word, thank you Jesus. Praise to God. You can only call Jesus Lord by the Holy Spirit. Demon cannot call Jesus Lord. Demon cannot call Jesus Lord. Okay, any of any one of the devil cannot call Jesus Lord. And I can see it when when a person when it's a demon, they cannot call Jesus Lord. They'll say God. Okay? They always say God. They never say Lord. My brother said there's a reason why. And this is why when you go into the Bible and you and you look it up, thank you, Jesus, you find out why they cannot call the Lord Lord. Because it has to be through the Holy Spirit. My brother and sister, that you can call the Lord, Jesus Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. Hallelujah. You have to have the Holy Spirit to call Jesus Lord. You cannot just do it by, by just saying it. Okay? So that's, that's a key right there, a key. Because you're going to find out when, when the Nephilim are losing on the earth, they're not going to be able to call Jesus Lord. And you already find out people that cannot call Jesus Lord. Okay, and you can try to convince them to do so, and they'll, they'll, you cannot. They'll, they'll go into an argument with you. Okay, and you say, "Why? Well, what's so hard about calling Him Lord?" You know, but is—that that is, that is the great test, marvel interested. Okay, that is the great test of calling Him Lord because it it can only be done hallelujah through the holy spirit it cannot be done of someone saying hallelujah just calling him lord and a lot of people thank you jesus hallelujah cannot do it they cannot do it if they don't have the holy spirit hallelujah very very important Thank you, Yeshua. Thank you, Jehoshua. Praise you, Lord. Praise you God. So it's important that you study the word and that you know these things by the word of God. My brothers and sisters. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Because there will be people that were asking you that will ask you these questions. And there are people that God wants you to teach also. My brother and sister, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Yeshua. So uh, when, when we do Bible study, you need to hallelujah, um, praise the Lord, write these verses. So you can, you can use them, hallelujah, when you speak it with someone. You can show them and say, look, look what the Bible says. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. Praise to your Very important. Hallelujah. That you do it because the Bible says that right, you need to confess with your mouth. Because through your mouth is what you confess unto salvation. Okay? You believe with your heart, but you confess. Hallelujah. So, hallelujah. John said he confessed in denied, now, but confesses, hallelujah, and not the Christ, Jesus said in, in John 1.20. So the confessing is very important because a demon will not confess. Hallelujah. My brother and sister, and this is what the Lord was referring to. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It's like 1 John 4.15. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwell in him, and he in God. Hallelujah. Now, what's important about this, remember, this is a Bible study. We're going to be coming back and forward, especially for the last days, because right here is what the enemy is confusing people, misleading, misguiding, deceiving people. And as long as you know these verses, As long as you know what the Bible says about these things, okay? The enemy cannot deceive you in this way. Because this is how he gets in people. My brother insisted. Whosoever confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him and he in God. What is important about this? Because here, here is your confidence. Here is your peace in the Lord. Knowing that Jesus is the Son of God. Say it. Confess it. Now, you know that God's water in him, and he and God. This is important because this has to do with salvation and relationship with God. So confess the Lord every day if you have to. But when you ask someone else to do so, who you may be sharing the gospel with, someone that you may be leading to the Lord, okay? My brother insisted. They will, if they refuse to confess that Jesus is the Son of God. Because he is, he is the argument. Oh, maybe to you because you're a Christian, but I don't have the believer, they'll say. They'll come up with excuses. My brother and sister, they'll come out with excuses. Okay? And here is what you need to stand on the word. Because, see, I can tell people, listen. I'm not going to argue about God's word. In the beginning, you used to get an argument with Jehovah's witnesses, with people, you know, and no, no, it's not about that. It's about sharing the truth if they, if they are willing to listen. If not, just do the best thing you can do for them, pray for them. My brother interested. Hallelujah. Verse 16. And we know that and believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwell in God. In God in him. Now it's love. This is the second test. The second trial that we have in our lives. The second trial about having God in our lives and being in God. Remember, it's about having God in our life and being in God. Okay. Not just say I'm a Christian. Because even the devil can say I'm a Christian. It's really having God in your life And being in God That's just what it's all about So we are known and believe The love of God Has for us God is love And he that dwelleth In love dwelleth in God And God in him See the, the more that you want to hate a person You got to remember that You need to love your enemy Okay Because here's he your enemy saying, So why do you love me If I only have done harm to you, Elsie. Or whatever your name is. Why do you love me, woman, man? If all I've done is evil to you? And that is because I'm supposed to respond in love. And I wanna be like Christ. I wanna I wanna be a child of God. I wanna be truthful. It's not easy what God thinks are possible so when someone comes in against you with hate you don't turn back with hate Jesus said love thy enemy as you love thyself he said he's supposed to turn the other cheek so you don't turn with hate okay you're even apologize if you have to I had a brother years ago I was teaching him about walking in the Lord I was supposed to walk in the Lord by the word of God. And one thing that he used to hate about me, that sometimes I would apologize to someone, he said, when the other person was the other person that really came against me. And I would say, I'm sorry. And that would actually bring peace into the situation. But he, when he was next to me, he used to get angry. We worked in Home Depot together. He used to get angry at me when I used to apologize to people. And he he was not understanding what I was doing. I was loving on my enemy, is what I was doing, as Jesus said, which is very hard to do, very difficult, not easy. You have to practice it, and unless you practice it, practice makes perfect. In okay? case people say no one is perfect, practice makes perfect, and Jesus said, be thou perfect like the, thy fathers in heaven. How did father turn against his enemy? And love. When everyone hated him, rejected him, walked away from him, like sheep, they turned away from God. How did God act it? So God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. See for our Father in heaven is the great example. Our Messiah turned the other cheek, took the cross their sins and trespasses upon himself. And, went in, and, and was crucified for their sins and trespasses. Not for his own sins, because he has no sins. He died for his enemy. He died for those that rejected him. That's why if someone goes to hell, it's on them. It's not on Jesus, because Jesus already carried all their sins and trespasses, and all they have to do is repent. Repent. And so they have to do and receive what Jesus did on the cross for them. He gave his life for them with great suffering. My brother and sister, in humiliation. He turned the other cheek on the cross. My brother and sister to his enemy. They slap him on one side. He turned the other cheek and pray for them and say, Father, forgive them because they, not, not, they know not what they do. See, that's love right there. That's love in action, not just words, but love in action. He did. He is a walking love. Jesus is walking love. Father is walking love. When you meet Father in heaven, when you meet Jesus in heaven, when you meet the Holy Spirit in heaven, you know what you're going to see? Walking love. You're going to see God, and God is love, and you're going to see him walking toward you, loving you. You're going to see true love. Okay? Okay? No one can question his testimony about Father loving his enemy, about Jesus loving his enemy. He showed his love. He proved his love on the cross, my brothers and sisters. His love is not questionable here. Our love is questionable. You and I love is questionable because we need to practice this every day. This is one of the most difficult things. We need to love people that are coming against us every day. Turn back the sheep. Turn the sheep and love them. And if you are finding it difficult or hard, ask Jesus to help because no one no one like the oh Lord just said yes to me. Thank you, Lord. No one like him who knows how to love his enemy. Think about what the world is today. Eight billion people. There could have been less than a billion. He could have just destroyed seven billion people. And to hell with them, as people say. Lord, forgive me, but give me an example. He could have sent them all to hell, my brother insisted. But he turned the other cheek, and he's still giving them a second chance, and a third, and a fourth, and a fifth, and a seventh. And, and he goes on and on and on, giving people chances. And we don't understand that. You and I don't understand why is he still keep loving his enemy when they keep rejecting him. And and a lot of people say, I just want him to come and burn everything. You see, when you speak this way, you don't understand his love. And God help us that we don't seem speaking this way, neither. God help us that we can love our enemy, my brothers and sisters, as we love ourselves, love our enemy. Pray for them to persecute you. And then pray love your your neighbor, and your neighbor can be your enemy and, and, and in in ninety nine point mean, nine of it it is our enemy, our neighbor I'm safe They were nothing to do with God, and you have to go and love them they get a flat tire and and you and you got to ask them can i help you if you if you if you walk away and say Oh, that, that that was really good that happened to you because, look, you have treated him so battle this year. Oh, that's a child, God, doesn't talk this way. A, a child like our Father who's in heaven? No. Jesus would have come and say, and grab, where's your jack? Let me help you. And Jesus would have got on his knees right there and, and, and put the jack under the car, lift the car. And and help his enemy. And help We change the tire. And anything else I can do for you, Jesus would have said. <laughs> and, and people like God would have been there. Lord, but have you heard what she's been saying about you? Have you heard the thing she's... And the Lord said, I love my enemy. So my brother and sister, we have so much to learn. We have so much to practice. That's why Jesus said to his disciples, Be thou perfect like thy Father who is in heaven. And, and our Father loved his enemy. He told Ezekiel that he is not pleased in destroying the wicked. That's not what he's looking forward, forward to. Father God is not in his throne looking forward to throwing everyone into the lake of fire, to throw anyone into hell. He's not doing that. He's not like that. When, uh, when Jesus took me to the throne, and Jesus said to those, I felt when Jesus said to Father, Father, look, I just saved that on earth. Father's heart, I can feel it, melted in love for that person. First of all, for his son, who was always looking to please him. And for that soul he just saved, brought into the family. Father, God with great love welcomed that person. My brother insisted. Oh, my Lord, help us. Help us to be like you. Help us to be perfect like our Father. This is our daily struggle. But we need to ask the Lord. And The Lord taught me this way. If you are having a difficulty with anything, keeping the word, being holy, being righteous, loving your your neighbor, loving God first, remember. And then loving your neighbor, loving your enemy, honoring your parents. And some of us who have, who have problems growing up with our parents, who our parents to call disobedient child, turning back to sheik and loving our parents when they criticize that growing up, that's one of the harder things to do. But we need to pray and ask the Lord. My brothers and sisters, in my house, I was a troublemaker growing up. All my brothers and sisters were saints. I was the only one always, independent one that wanted to go out with his friends. You know, growing up as a teenager. So my mom, you know, I was <laughs> I was the one always getting in trouble since I was little. My mom, when we were little, she was set up in a chair and she said, Look, I don't want you to move you already ate. I gave you your drink. I know the map the floor. Okay, I'm going to clean the floor. I want you to sit there and don't move. Keep your feet up at the floor. Okay? Elvie, Elvie, I'm going to give you a second warning because I know you very well. I was little. If you move from that chair, I'm going to smack you. My brother and sister. <laughs> and she began to clean. She had the map. She had the bucket of water. And she was cleaning her floor. It was like so clean that you can eat in that floor. My mom was always like that. And I will get out from that chair. I five minutes after my mom was set warn me twice that if I will move from my chair, we will all sexual together, two two girls and four boys. And I will move from the chair. And the smack immediately I don't know how she had those hands. Her hand was like belt to me. You know, and she will hit me in my bum bum, but she will hit me. You know, ah, I, immediately. Didn't I tell you not to move? I'm sorry, mom. I'm sorry. See, she warned me twice, three times and more. But I would get distracted and, you know, and my mom loved me. Oh. She's a great mom. I love her very much, very, very much. When I recommitted my life to the Lord, I prayed so hard for my mom to come to the Lord. My mom needed the Lord. She served the Lord many years ago then she was backsliding, and I knew my mom needed the Lord. And I prayed and I pray. And then my mom was having heart problem. My mom died four times in the ambulance. And I claimed her life back in prayer to life before God. And God brought my mom back, my brother and sisters. I was testifying this in New Jersey one time to this family. I was leading them to the Lord. And I was testifying. My mom was sitting next to me when I was sharing this testimony, how my mom, my mom died in the ambulance. And I was praying and praying. And God would always put in my heart to pray for my mom. It was an emergency. And pray. And my mom, God brought her back. There were times when the ambulance declared her death. She had died in the ambulance. They brought her to the hospital. 15 minutes later, after, after she had the cover over her, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. She has been checked by two doctors that she was she she passed. Pray my mom will stand her back up again alive. After the Lord had me pray for the Lord will bring her back again. My brother, my sister, my God is in control. My God is faithful. My brother, my sister. Is there anything to hard for the Lord? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I'm a witness of this. I got a, a prayer alert tonight, brother, brother. Brother, whose father the Lord had done a miracle practically in his life, for brother from uh, Berlin, Germany. Uh, hallelujah! I brother, I brother, J.S. Hallelujah! He wrote, he wrote to me, and he he asked me to pray for his father. He had to call an ambulance earlier for his father. Uh, he says something terrible happened yesterday. He says my father back, uh, something started to grow in his back and it got bigger and bigger, and uh, about to explode. He called an ambulance and they came and said they they said it was an infection. After he had surgery, he came out of the hospital and all that. So he's back into the hospital. He's asking for emergency prayer for his father. My brother insisted. So please, I want to ask each one of you to join us tonight. Let's take a minute and pray for his father. Thank you, Lord. He did not give me his father's name. I believe he gave it to me in another email, but not in this email again. Which I usually ask people to do that, to give me people's, at least the the person that we're praying for name. But it doesn't matter. We know we know he's a brother father in Germany. Let let let's do a prayer, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, brother, father, in Germany, Lord, Berlin, Lord, you took, hallelujah, his suffering on the cross, Lord. Hallelujah, this this sickness in his body, this infection. Jesus, you took it upon you on the cross, mighty Lord, mighty Yeshua, mighty Jehoshua, Lord. You took it upon the cross, Lord, that he may be healed if he believe, if we pray, if we ask by faith that you will heal him and that you will remove this infection, this infection will go away. In Jesus' name, Yeshua's name, we come in agreement, Lord. We proclaim healing. We declare healing over his back. Lord Jesus, over this infection, to be gone, in Jesus' name, by the strife, by the word of Jesus, he is healed. And we ask that it will be removed. In Jesus' name, Lord, we come in agreement, Lord. Give our brothers the strength to trust in you, Lord Jesus. To put a total trust in you that you are in control, Lord, and whatever you allowed us to test our faith, Lord. Heal his father. And set in our brother's faith to believe in his father, to believe and receive in Jesus' name. In Yeshua's name we pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's keep them in prayer. But as we send the word to Germany, Berlin, Germany, in Jesus' name, that his father will be healed, that his health will be restored, hallelujah to help me be back home lord that even if they remove from his body whatever it is hallelujah we completely remove lord and that all infection will be out we store it back again in jesus name by the strife by the work of jesus we are believing it. thank you lord thank you jesus hallelujah he was very concerned for this hallelujah thank you lord so i come to get ready i open the email and he's there i'm like okay Praise to God. I wrote, I wrote back to him to, to really trust God in this. To so only look at you, to focus on Jesus. Because sometimes when you are going through something like this, you focus on other things. And that's where the enemy can come through and, and do harm. When you focus on Jesus, and you put God first through whatever situation it is, sometimes the enemy wants you to focus on the problem. No, focus on Jesus. But seek the kingdom of heaven first, and every other thing will be added unto you. You don't focus on the other things. You focus on the Lord. And then you ask for the other things. And you say, Lord, please open this door. Provide this that I need, Lord. If it's healing, Lord, heal me. Salvation for your family, Lord, save them. In Jesus' name, you ask to pray. And you trust the Lord. You continue to do it. If you continue to pray, you you are continuing to trust and believe in humbling yourself before your God. And that's what God is asking us. When you say you trust God, but then you don't pray, then your 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 word doesn't go according to your faith. See, when you are in prayer constantly and you are praying to God, when you say God is my provider, when you trust into to the Lord to provide to you, then you are praying for it every day. And you know it's coming because you're praying for it. And then you don't stop to pray. You're continuing to pray. And even when you receive it, because I have received many things from the Lord, you don't stop praying. See, the the problem with people is they stop praying. Even when they receive, they stop praying. And even when they haven't received, they stop praying. That's a problem. That is a problem. Because if you stop praying, then you stop trusting, you stop believing. See, praying is, is your proof that you still believe in God. And that you know that you expect him to be your provider, your supplier. He's going to open the door. He's going to do what you're asking him for. And then when he asks you, continue to pray for other things. Don't say, well, God already asked me. I don't need to pray for anything else. No. My brother insisted. No, you continue to ask. You continue to pray. Don't stop praying because God already answered you. Then pray for someone else's petition. If God already answered you, say, said, okay, God already answered me. Okay. And still, you can pray for yours and pray for your brothers and sisters. My brother and sister, brother Ben is looking into buying this land here in Nashville. I want to ask you to keep, keep brother Ben in prayer. My brother and sister, it's a nice piece of land, and he wants to help brothers and sisters in that land. He just needs to restore the, the the mobile homes that are in that land. And it can be a really nice place for three or four families, my brother and sister. And there are plenty of land to put other mobile homes there. And someone already said, look, I already I got two. play with someone, say I got two other mobile homes that they're in Florida that we can bring up. that are in really good condition, like new. And, you know, so God is already opening other doors because we we were thinking well those marble hall needs to be repaired but then we have a brother who, who that who works on that who wants to come and live with him also who will help him with that too and he's really good with it and so he you know he's a, he's a professional that's what he does and you know he can help him he can help us my brother sister and god already provided the money to purchase the land the place, and we store the place. God is so awesome. God is incredible. Brother, they started asking God for this money a couple of years ago, and God provided the money this year. It's incredible, my brother and sister. Who our God is. So right now, we'll be, we, we'll be in the process. We're asking the Lord for direction, though. We Just because we have the money, we're not going to jump into it. We need to ask the Lord for direction and all this. And we've been asking and praying. Asking the Lord to lead, to lead us, but God already provided the money for it, so he'll be able to help a few families there. The place just needs to be restored. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Jesus. God is so good. He, he's just so incredible. We'll be able to buy the material with that money in it, make this place like brand new, and, and have good family moving there. He's so awesome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And so now it's not a problem of money, the money the Lord has already provided. It's just about, hallelujah, uh, buying the precious uh, the purchasing the land. You know, we don't want to take that step without saying, Lord, uh, can we take that step? We want us to take that step tomorrow, next week, Lord. You know, because this is the way it is. Tell you, when, when the Lord guides you on doing anything, it's total it's a hundred percent victory. Brother, they came to me in the other house we were living. Brother, we help me pray that the Lord will provide me this money to to buy this this um, um, plan He has. And okay, we pray, and God provided the money, enough money for him to buy the land and repair the place. It's incredible, Total free, no loans, cash money. It's incredible. Thank you Lord, thank you Jesus so that that's going to be done and I believe in a few weeks to come we should we should be able to do that and thank you Lord get get that out of the way. Hallelujah It help a few family there. Thank you Lord. so we're asking people to pray. we just need the Lord direction. the land is available. even the person that had bought it a few months ago walked away and said no and now the price are even come down even more. So thank you Lord. But God's gonna do a miracle there. Thank you Lord. Thank you God. I had a dream about it. Uh two weeks ago someone informed me about the land. One of my neighbors was was informing about the land. He was speaking with someone who was asking about the land and telling this person that the price had dropped close to 50%. So it was like, wow. Thank you, Lord. But God, we'll ask God to lead us and all this. We're not going to, thank you, Lord, just run. When, you know, the Lord, yesterday, I believe it was, was ministering to me about not running before the Lord. That's what got to me. I told this to Brother Ben tonight. Brother the Lord was ministering to me about not running before him. That means that you want to do something before the Lord tells you to do it. You want to jump ahead and get it done. It doesn't work that way in the Lord. I learned that four years ago. Every time the Lord has led me to do something, it's been 100% successful. Even when someone else has tried it and failed, when God tells you to do it, you will succeed 100%. And that's where I stand in the Word, and the re- leading of the Lord. I don't, I don't want to fail. I failed I fail too many times many years ago. Because, again, even having the money, you can lose it. But when the Lord leads you and guides you, it's just such a great blessing. You rejoice in the Lord. Thank you, Lord. And it was the same thing with a job. Lord, provide me with a job that I can have time to serve you, pray, do this and that. God, I I never learned to do that until years later as a Christian. But before I did, it was headaches. No time to pray, no time to fast, no time to seek the Lord. And then I was frustrated because that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to keep the Lord first in my life. But see, I was then asking the Lord to provide me the job this way. So specific. Then when I began to do it, the Lord began to provide me the job. It was better pay, better benefit. And we're all delivered to say the Lord. There's no glory to the Lord. Then you rejoice. So it took me years to learn this, and this is why I share it with people, my brother and sisters, Because I know what it is when the Lord is the one who does it before you. God, Moses, when God sends Moses to do something, Moses says back to God, if your spirit don't go with me, I don't want to go. And Father said, I will send my angel and I course, he was going to give him his spirit. So Moses, was, Moses went to the wilderness with the people of Israel, having total victory over the enemy. There was not one nation that they could not defeat. They defeated every single nation. And every single nation, as an army, were more powerful and more prepared than the Israelites. So how did they defeat them? Because the angel of the Lord Jesus went before them and defeated their enemies, Forward them. There were times when they defeated the enemy that not, not one of them pulled out their sword. Like when Gideon, in the sample, they defeated those enemy without fighting at all. And that's the victory I'm talking about. If you say, I'm going to go ahead and fight, you're going to fight and you're going to be frustrated. What's going on here? Why is this so hard? But then when you ask the Lord to fight for you, bending his mind, says the Lord, and you ask him to fight, and all you do is seek his leading, his guiding, his teaching to tell you which way, Lord, when, Lord. There is victory. You have victory, complete victory. The enemy cannot stop you because it's the Lord going before you. But if you say, no, I'm going to go ahead and do this, then you're taking a step ahead of the Lord. And then what happened with the enemy when they rise? Then you're frustrated because the enemy is trying to hit you with every corner. You're feeling, you're feeling the blow in your life. You know, your cry breaks down. I've gone through that. Your job will lay you off. I've gone through that. Your marriage is a mess. I've gone through that. Everything is failing. You cannot even do ministry. I've gone through that. So everything becomes so hard and difficult When you are trying to do it yourself Then asking God to fight for you To go before you To open these doors To provide a job To, to supply the vehicle Supply the being Open the door Open the windows of heaven Help you to walk in obedience And then you do what God says Thank you Lord and when God tells you go here, you don't say, Oh God, but wait a minute. No. Yes, Lord. They're not for servant you bow your heads, Yes, Lord, thy will be that's not mine. Thank you, Lord. When you do that with the Lord, you have victory. Then you will tell people of your victory in the Lord. But then people say, How do you do this? How do you inquire that? How do that?" Because the doors will be opening my brother and sister, for you, your family. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God will provide. God will supply God, our need according to the riches and glory. He will give us the victory. He will remove the enemy. He will remove the stone. He will do it. When you ask him to, when you trust him to, when you ask him for the guidance, he'll guide you. And you have total victory. Some people years ago started listening to me about this talking on the Lord's Hour and decided to take the step of faith and began to ask the Lord to guide them. And they got back to me. Brother Elvi, wow. Thank you. Thank you. The victory they began to have in their jobs, in their relationship, marriage. Sister, sister, sister write to me. She was having problems problem with her husband for months. But two or three years now. Practically completely separated. She started listening to me on the Lloyd Tower. She requested prayer for her marriage. Mahaprabhu insisted. Marriage was really practically in divorce. They already had talked about divorce and all that. Asked for prayer. But in reality, more than prayer... Or we got it with prayer, not because prayer is the most powerful thing we can do. It was the advice of the words, the advice in the words. And when she listened to the program a few months, she began to understand that when we ask the Lord and depend on the Lord, even for marriage, whatever it is, the Lord will give you an assured victory. And the Lord had her husband turn around. In a way, she did not expect him to. Because she already had asked for divorce. She was already expecting him to move out. But God had changed everything around. My brother and sister. Thank you, Lord. That her husband was an unbeliever. Was, was a Muslim. My brother. And she was a Christian. And God had to turn around. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We've seen so many marriages turn around by the Lord and, and family turned around by the Lord. And, and God has changed people's life in, in, in so many different ways. People have gotten back to me about it. This is how I know that we have prayed and they have learned to trust the Lord. Trust the Lord for anything over anyone. Remember, the, the the harder they are, the easier they'll break. The harder you think you see them, the easier the Lord will break them. The, hard, the taller they are, the harder they'll fall. Okay? The taller they are, the harder they'll fall. If there's anything too hard for the Lord. Amen? So why did God allow them to test you? What do you mean to test them? You know, it's not to test the other person. It's to test you. To test your faith. Huh? I can prove it to you by the word. What you're going through is not to test your husband or test your wife. It's to test you. Brother Elvis. Yes. God is working on your faith. Not on the other person's faith. But your faith first. See, God needs to get you right. Before you can ask God to get the other person right. It's funny that some people, the Lord will say they're not even safe, and they're, and they're asking God to save the other person. And God can say to them right now, if you if you die, you go to hell for this and that. And you're asking me to save this other person? I need to save you first, huh? huh. Lord help us. Lord help us, because any disobedience is sin, my brother and sister. We want our family to be obedient to God. And God will say, are you being obedient to me? But Lord, well, if you talk with God, that's the way God will talk back to you. See, a lot of people say, I want to hear God. Do you really want to hear God? Do you want to speak with him face to face? Because what, we want, what he has to say, you may not want to listen to. You may find it too hard for yourself. And it's so what God has to use someone else to say it to you. Because if he says it to you in person one on one, you may not want to hear what he has to say. He has to you the servants to to come and say it to you. My brothers and, and it's not that we're nicer than God. No, no, never. No one has more love than him. It's just that we he he'll get us ready. He'll get us there. Where we really want to be. Lord, I want to see you face to face. Are you sure? Lord, I want to speak with you face to face. Are you sure? Because if you do, he'll rebuke you. Because remember what he said in his word. He is the holy God. He is the holy God. And he judges sin. He rebukes sin. He chastises us. He says to us, that's not mine. That's not pleasing to me. Stop it. Stop it. My brother and sister, it's loving God. He is a loving God. Years ago when the Lord took me to heaven, He rebuked me so hard in heaven. He had two angels come and get me and bring me to heaven. And I knew I wasn't ready. He rebuked me and told me, be ready, but he spoke to me so hard. Really, you can't even imagine how hard he spoke to me. When you get to heaven, ask the Lord. Just ask Jesus. Lord, the Lord always said that you really spoke hard to him one time. The Lord said, yes, I did. He'll tell you just, yes, I did. I rebuked him. I rebuked him. He'll tell you. Very, very hard. And here, is, here it is, the Father that loves the Son, discipline him. And our Father in heaven, our God, discipline us. And he'll discipline us hard. Or oh, hard, is the word. He'll get us right. His, his music and worship is about getting us right. His correction is about getting us right. That's what it is about. Us being right before him. Because he knows that if a soul die and it's not right with him, he knows where it's going. He doesn't want his child to end up in hell or in the lake of fire. None. He doesn't want to lose one. I'll give you an example. Let me show you an example here. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. John six seventy. Jesus answered them. How night I chosen twelve and one of you as a devil. He said Lord, Lord, what kind of expression is that? You having a good day, Lord? Everything is everything fine with you, Lord? Are you okay? Because you just call one of your disciples the devil, Lord. Lord, you just call him Satan. What why you why are you call him Brother Judah Satan, Lord? Are you okay? Are you mad? You look kinda angry, Lord. Because you just call Judah, Brother Judah, our financing brother. The brother that deals with our money. You just go ahead and devil. What is it? He's stealing money? What is he doing? Because you just go ahead and devil, Lord. He's one of your 12, Lord. Our brother, you know. Give me five, Judah. He's our brother, Lord. Give me a half, Judah. He's our brother, Lord. You just call our brother devil, Lord. Are you okay, Lord? Are you mad? You see? This this is how he stands in truth. He's not gonna cool it cook uh sugar collar. Right? Sugar coat it. He's, he's gonna tell you how it is. I'm feeling forgetting it's precious now. they read in the word that I'm forgetting it's <laughs> price. Thank you Lord. He's going to tell you how it is. My brother and sister, John 13, 18. I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen. But the scripture may, may be fulfilled. That they ate the bread with me. He that ate the bread with me lifted up his heel against me. Brother, Lord. It's our brother Judah, Lord. Judah, he grew up with us, Lord. Remember him? He grew up with us, Lord. Judah, our brother. You just call him devil, Lord. You said that he lifted up his heel against you, Lord. Well, Who is this? You see, he has to call it as it is. He cannot call things any other way. Hallelujah. But he is the purpose, John 15, 16. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. That you should go and bring forth fruit that you that your fruit shall remain. That whosoever you should ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Oh, thank you, Lord. See, people like it when the Lord makes his promise. Whatever you ask, I'll give it to you. But he, A few minutes ago, he just rebuked Judah of being the devil. But he, he has to correct us. He has to get us right. My brother insisted. And so he done it with me so many times to teach me before I can teach anybody else. He need to get me right before I can try bringing another one to the kingdom. He just said yes to me. My brother insisted. He corrected me so many times really hard. Just so I can, he can use me for, in other people's life. And since I know he didn't sugarcoat it for me, he 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 just he told me the truth, although it hurt. But he healed me through it. Yes, he's a loving God. Who's, who's, he's a loving God. Yes, he is. No one is more loving than him. I mean, I would recommend anyone to have a relationship with Jesus because he's awesome. He's, you know, it's this time I, I've been going through things, and he's been there for me. I cannot remember since since I've been serving God, even before, a time that he had not been there for me. Remember the time when I thought I was going to go hungry as a Christian, had no food, no money. He spoke to this coworker in the middle of the night. I was evangelizing this Jehovah's Witness woman. And the Lord spoke to her. God spoke to her. Matro insisted and, and it will and, and it will sound the most crazy thing you heard in your life. God speaking to a Jehovah's Witness. Because they, they don't teach that in their in the in their in their churches. Sal they salon. They don't teach her there. And God spoke to her in the middle of the night, Go get up and go cook to my son Elvie, and bring him a meal. Go. And she told me just the way I'm telling you. God spoke to me to get up and go cook for you and bring you a meal. My brother insisted. God cannot be unfaithful. Because imagine, if God didn't supply my need, I, I would have gone to him and said, Lord, what happened? I was hungry. I had no money. You let me go hungry, Lord. No one can ever say that to him. No one can ever say that to him. My brother and sister. And that's the fact, it's his faithful. No one can go to heaven one day and say, Oh, on that white throne judgment and say, Look, I was on the earth, I was broke, I was hungry, where were you? Because God can prove to them He supplied, He provided one way or another. They you know people cannot people and you you may give me a million stories. Brother, what about these children that are dying hungry in Africa? here and there. You know the billions of dollars that goes to Africa every year? Millions every month? I was working with, uh, uh, after I went to school in and and their counseling, all you that know, uh, up north, I was going to work with African people there. And some of them still have an attitude of being supported by Americans. Because in Africa, they send them money. And they helped the churches and the people. And now that they're in America, they're working. They got a job. They got a vehicle. They got a place, nice place, nice vehicle, and all that. And they still got this attitude like the American people still need to bring them a check or bring them money. And I said, look, down in Africa, maybe it was okay. But you're in the United States, the land of opportunity. Anyone can come to this land. I tell people, look. Illegal immigrant come to the border into the United States. I met an illegal, an illegal immigrant on North who had bought a house and had three vehicles. Nice one, too. Okay? Nice one, too. He thought it was about $250,000. Okay? He was able to get along and all that and, you know. What I'm saying to you is, I have met illegal people with nice houses, nice place, okay, they come to work. They don't sit back waiting for someone to bring them a check or bring them money, put it on their lap, and here's a lot of money. They, don't, they know they need to go to work and do this and do that. My brother and sister. So I told them, look, first of all, look for God. They came to the United States. Things are so hard. He was telling me how hard things were in the United States for them now. And they didn't have time to look for God. They were very Christian, supposedly, back in Africa. But now that they're in the United States, because they got to work so hard, okay? They can look for God. They cannot pray. They cannot fast. They cannot read their Bible. Okay? They don't have time for God now. And I say that is a poor excuse, okay? Since we were working together, I used myself as an example, Okay? I said, look, I'm coming out of work 11 tonight. When I get back to the house, thank you, Lord. Let, let, let me get back to you a
1: minute. Oh, you. And the other, Lord, we lift our hands to worship as we bless your women to deserve you.
2: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. Praise you, Jehoshua. So I said, look, I got to come back home. Come and see my wife and child by 12 midnight and spend a little time with them Go into prayer. Go into prayer with God. What excuses am I going to use? I'm tired. That's an excuse. Coming home at 11 o'clock, working 8, 10 hour. Am I going to use that, if I can work two hours overtime because I need extra money, why can I not be in prayer with the Lord afterwards? What is my excuse? Because anything we may say to God, because God will help us, anything we we'll say not to do what God is calling us to do, anything we, we use as an excuse, is an excuse. Simple. Because no one worked harder than Jesus. When was was it time for him to sleep? Tell me. Where did he went to sleep? Tell me the place where Jesus went to sleep, was thinking to go to sleep because he he needed to catch up with some sleep. You only find him sleeping in a boat when the disciples were fishing. And he could not even get a good night's sleep because the, the sea turned wild and he needed to come down to see. Jesus never looked forward to sleeping. Never. My brother and sister, he always committed himself to the Father. What excuse do we have with the example the Lord has given us? Can anyone come before God and tell God, look, I didn't have time to look for you. And that white throne judgment. God will say, excuse me, a day is made of 24 hours. Even if you work fourteen hours a day, there's still fourteen hours left let's say you take out of the other out of the other ten hour left eight hours to sleep then you still got you out hour. what did you spend on doing it? see God will do the math on you and will tell you you have time to pray you have time to seek me and depend on me I will help you. I would have given you health. I would have given you strength. I would have supplied your need according to my riches and glory. I would have opened the windows of heaven over your life. I would have opened the door. I would have given you the energy. My brother and that God can do so much for us. But we keep, people keep making up excuses with God. And it doesn't fly with him. It doesn't work. He has heard it all since the beginning. The serpent made me do it. The woman you gave me. God had heard all the excuses from the beginning. And now I'm work with him. Adam and Eve, get out of the garden. God made the garden for Adam and Eve. But when they became so disobedient, out. Put an angel and a sword in which they could not enter the garden. Go out into the wild. Go find out what the Nephilim and the rest of them are doing. Because huh? if you're not going to trust me, go see. And this is why the Nephtalines are coming back again to the earth. Because people are rejecting Messiah. They're rejecting God. And then God's going to let, let the Nephilim have fun with them for seven years. They're not going to like it, how bad they're going to treat them. How bad you think they treat the people in, in the times of, of Noah? The book of Enoch will tell you how bad they treat humanity. They're going to treat humanity the same. For those that don't believe in the book of Enoch, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. The great tribulation, it is just like the book of Enoch, my brother, sister, Everything, the fallen one dead, okay? They're going to do it again. I said, worse was in the days of Noah, Luke 17? So it will be in the coming of the Son of Man. When Jesus returned back to the third in his second coming, not in the ruch of the past, but second coming, there, by the time Jesus returned, the earth will be such a mess. It's practically empty. The next had killed, fermented. You know, because, see, to be and say you have to be beheaded. They have no problem beheading people. They're going to have fun beheading people. They're going to be so cruel to humanity. Humanity are going to regret that they didn't have time to see God. They didn't have time to turn to God. They didn't have time to read the Bible. They didn't have time to know God. They didn't have time to spend time with God. They're going to regret it, my brothers and sisters, every second, every day of the life and the great revelation. Every time the Lord has taken me, practically every time, I won't say it every time, but practically every time, I can hear people complaining. Oh, if I only knew. If I, people in the great civilization says, if they, if they only knew, they would have listened to the church. They would have sought God. They, they would have prayed. They would have found. They, they, if they only knew how bad it was going to be and how much evil was it to be released on the earth, they would have spent all their time seeking God and nothing else. But then they said, oh man, this is really bad. Oh no. I saw students, God is incredible. I remember driving in Boston through Harvard school, almost seeing the student and the new Mercedes and the new car going to school, the, the billionaire parents, you know, paying in Harvard school, the, the student, the student of the year, student of the month. Okay. And the Lord took me in the spirit in the great tribulation to see those those students in those great university in Boston, Harvard, all these university coming out, and I saw when the Nestorian thirty foot demon with a seventeen, uh, like a nine foot sword, he was carrying. I mean, regular human cannot carry those swords. sword; too heavy, first of all. And because I was looking at I was looking at the movie of David and I was even thinking, how did David cut the head of Goliath? Because the sword the sword alone is nine foot as big in an the sample. And I sure weigh over thirty pounds. Okay. So to move thirty pounds over your head, that's very difficult. So you can see already that God has empowered David. Okay, to do what he did to Goliath take it. The sword was too heavy because I saw this sword in the Great Tribulation, same sword that Goliath had. That's huge. They're heavy. Okay, they're over 30 pounds. And this this Nephilim nest, was cutting the head of people and having fun with the students at Harvard and all these university in Boston. My brother and sister, the best in the world, the best in the country in medicine, School, blah 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 and the Nephilim were cutting them to pieces my brother and sister in the great tribulation literally I've been there several times literally the Lord took me in the spirit several times to see what's going to be, how is life going to change for them in the great tribulation that right now they're their are is about graduating becoming doctor scientist, engineer lawyers okay not really getting right with god not knowing god really if they see god as they study those books to keep the the, the, the gpa the high grade up my brother's sister if they will see god in the same way same form they will be very close with god they will escape the great revelation but their their hope in, in the lost, their hope is in what is going to perish. My brother insisted. They're hoping in what's going to perish. But When they find themselves in the great tribulation being shaped by this Nephilim, because I saw it. They were crying. They were screaming. No one could help them. And if someone say, here, I, I saw a guy trying to help up a girl, and, and the Nephilim turned and cut into pieces. He regretted the second the moment he, because right now, if a girl's being chased by some guy, especially a student from Harvard, the police, I mean, you get the whole, you get the whole army protecting them, right? And the Great Tribulation, nonsense. None of these are anymore. But Nestalene gets to have fun with them in the daylight. Daylight. 2 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 1 o'clock, whatever it is. Nestle is having fun with people, cutting them into pieces. And I close you. Your great hope is, behead me, please, behead me. I cannot stand this pain. i not having my arm or my leg. Behead me. And the Nephilim looks at you. And says, I know what you want. I, I know what you want. If if you if you if you're thinking that the Nephilim are not gonna know that if they behead you, you'll be saved, you go to heaven. You know the next is looking at you. You you, you, look, you he already cut your two arm, your leg. And you on your floor, you on the floor saying to them, "Please behead me, cut my neck, please, please." And they am looking at you. Huh? You think you want to trick me, huh? I know what you want, huh? You want your pain to go away right away, because in the moment he beheads you, your pain goes away. You enter peace, joy, untold peace, untold joy. And they'll, they'll be laughing. Okay, they want to have some fun with people first, before anything. Literally, I saw people cut to pieces in the floor alive begging for help. I mean, you can't stop it because I, I saw Nathalie so big there next to this person. He didn't care. He did the one that doing it. The person is right there. No one's going to stop the help. Everybody's he running for their lives. The Great Tribulation. The Lord took me to visit different days, different times, and it was horrible. Everything I saw was onto one her, my brother and my sisters, practically like hell. Great to relation is hell on earth. I have said it to people many times. And these angel, these fallen ones are so bad and so evil. They got locked up because of the mistake they make back in the times of Noah and Lot. They're not police. A brother I think it was a brother who had a revelation of Sue and them that are locked up. When God locked them up, they they still got their power, but when God locked them up, they're so angry. That the wall, where they're locked up, they keep they keep pounding the wall with their power in hand, angry. And they keep saying, wait until I get out of here. Wait until I get out of here. They want a piece of humanity. Humanity is like a sitting duck right now without Christ. Sitting duck, okay, with a bunch of hunters, with rifle, okay, coming to get a Poor duck was in the water, sitting there thinking that everything's going to be fine. Okay, without Christ, that's humanity. A sitting dark with a bunch of hunters with rifle pointing up to his head, to his body, to everywhere. That's a great revelation. That's a way to describe it. My brother and sister, if you, if you think I'm exaggerating, ask the Lord. Remember, uh, our sister, ask the Lord, Lord. She began to hear, to hear my program back in I believe in 2013, 2014. And every time she heard me talking about this thing, oh, he's exaggerating. Brother Elvis. he's such an exaggerator. Oh. You know, but, you know, she felt in her spirit there was some truth about what I was speaking, but she kept saying that I was exaggerating. Oh, he's just this guy. You know, he's exaggerating. And I guess it got to the point where she could listen to the Lord Tower. And she said, this guy, how can I listen? How many people listen to this guy? He's says, exaggerating he says, this stuff. Okay? Then she was in prayer, and she began to ask the Lord to show her. Okay? I believe it was something like, okay, if the Lord show me truly how it's going to be, I, I, I'm going to say, Brother let me come on the Lord's hour because I'm going to put him to shame. I'm going to really let him have it publicly all his brother to hear and all that you know and the lord took her there the lord took her to the great revelation let me tell you how it went she was on her bed crying to the top of her lungs that she wanted to come back to this time okay because of the horror she was seeing i mean imagine a person in their 30s screaming in their house I mean, this is to awaken all your neighbors even so loud in pain and suffering there. I mean, what she was going through, what she was living was so hard and so difficult that when the Lord brought her back to her body, she repented, 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 repented. I have people like her said to me, when I was speaking about the vaccine and all that later on, when the Lord showed me this, really, brother, what you're saying is the basic of it. What you're saying, it, it's, you know, she said, I thought you were exaggerating, brother. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. You're right. It, it is really hell. It's really, it's really bad, brother. It's really, I'm so sorry that I thought of you this way, you know, because I'm, I, I can see now you're doing your best to help people not to stay in the great tribulation. I said, well, thank you, sister. Thank you. Because I truly apologize. Please forgive me, brother. Please. You know, I was speaking in ignorance, but when the Lord showed me, that really changed my life. I didn't think it was going to be that bad, brother. It's really going to be bad. People have no idea. No, no, no idea. And I said, well, thank you. I'm glad the Lord showed you. Because, you know, it's, I try to do my best to tell people how bad it's going to be. I know I'm not describing it, how bad really it's going to be. But at least I hope that what I'm saying will help people be awaking and open their eyes to how bad it's going to be, my brother and my sister. Now, I, remember what I said in 2021? Those have been around in 2021. When the Lord came to me back, I believe in 2020 and 2021, if if I if I'm if I'm wrong on the day, please correct me because I, you know, sometimes I I forget the years that I'm in. A couple of years ago or three years ago, I said when well, 23, maybe 20, 2021, 20, I said the Lord came to me, took me to a park in the future, and showed me that the people after being vaccinated, they they were gonna find out how bad it was going to be. And then I shared that people sting like. Uh, like um dead body. Remember when I share that? On the, it's still on the audio, on the archive. But I'm trying to remember what I said, which is sometimes it's very hard for me. And I remember saying that the people smell like dead carcass in that revelation that they were going to find. Well, I got an email this week. A doctor finding now that people have been vaccinated, which I also shared a couple of years ago here, they stink like dead carcass of getting vaccinated with COVID-19 by seeing, okay? A lot of people ignore what I said or, or got angry and didn't think what I was saying was correct. Well, now it's, it's been over, what, 100,000 people that have been registered this way in the United States alone? My brother insisted. It's really bad. It's really, really, really bad, okay? People are stinking like dead carcass, people that have been vaccinated later on, Okay? And and I told people the reason. I don't think I need to get there anymore or go there anymore. But I tell you, it's really bad. The lawyer told me they were going to find out later on. That will be the outcome of it. Okay, my brothers and sisters. It's really bad. There is a lot of health problem coming out of the vaccinated. Uh, they 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 are lawyers looking in to see how they can sue this company or well, at least the federal government, okay? And they, they they are able to sue and get money for these people because some of the, some of the people that have been vaccinated that are having this health problem, uh, in some cases, their life has been changed completely. They are stay-at-home mom, father now. They can't work. They can't work. They can't work. They're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars in medical bills okay which i said this will come and it's it's here it's been happening in which a lot of people thought i was crazy i i don't know they, they thought i was i didn't know what i was talking about and all that you know people always when they criticize they really criticize and and now all this stuff are coming out by check by professional doctor this is not just my opinion i have a link to this stuff someone send me a link said so probably please look up this this link and see what and I went over real quickly I said oh wow it's really really bad it's been more than one link but this last link was really uh, informative okay the person wanted me to bring the information here on the program I you know I warned people not to take the by scene how many time I made mean, audio how many time I came here on the air and told people not to be vaccinated if someone say you didn't say it enough, what what would some of you say if they say Elvie didn't say it enough, or if he wasn't clear about it? I mean, I I thought I was being clear, as clear as you can be. You know, if if you didn't think I was being clear, please get back to me on it. But I thought I was. I thought I was being clear, people, not to take to my scene. Okay, the consequence of it will be really bad. Okay. To the point, the father said they would not be part of his kingdom. I said, "From father," and then the Lord confirmed it to me also. Okay, so if people think I was not being clear, I'm sorry, but I thought I was. Thank you, sister. You know, and I repeated myself. How many times did I repeat it myself? I felt like I was repeating myself about it every Sunday, every Tuesday. And then repeating it every day other day of the week also. I mean, wow. You know? And then the consequence coming out of it is really like the sister that the Lord took to the Great Tribulation. She said, you need to continue to tell people about uh, what's going to come in the Great Tribulation. I said, sis, I think I've been saying it enough on the Lord's hour. I mean, if people have been following my ministry for seven or eight years, okay, seven or eight years, if people didn't following my ministry, they can tell you I've been saying, I've been warning people not to stay behind in the great tribulation a lot, like a lot. You'll find so many audio on the archive about it, okay? So, because she said I needed to say it more. And I was like, I don't know if I can say it more because I've been saying it almost every week. And then repeating it every day of the week, that's practically seven days a week. If I say it anymore, wow. You know, but, okay, I'll do my best. I'll do my best. God help me to continue to do this before the ministry is over. The Lord just said that my ministry is over. Uh, Father says it's over for you down there. One of the last words Father says to me. So I'm looking to going home is what I'm looking for, Okay. Um, I, since the Lord said my ministry is over, okay, I think I said it enough. The archive is—it it has what three, uh, three thousand audio now, of messages that people can download and and play. I could be wrong, might be less, but it's—it's it, a lot of audio up there. Okay, there's a lot of video on YouTube and and the different sites. I've been putting video on Bright him, okay, because I'm having problem with YouTube. And I believe the problem on YouTube is that every time I talk about Jesus, the word, or anything, I believe the, the pro, YouTube now is programmed like Facebook to black our message. So I put up a message on YouTube, and immediately, in a few minutes after, YouTube was telling me that I guess someone is complaining it's offensive. Okay? It's offending the community. So this is why they're, they're, they're stopping my account and they're not allowing me to bring them up again. So, okay, I know that was going to come too many years. I've been putting, uh, so Brightium now and Daily Motion are the two places where I've been putting audio. Let me see if I can get the link from Brightium. Okay, uh, I heard also, which I don't know if it's true, that Brightium belongs to Google now. That's, you know, because I heard about it, and I didn't think much about it, but then now Brighton is also blocking my audio, okay? So, you know, that's Brighton Dashboard there where all the videos are. Amen, 2014. So think about it. It just, the way things are going now, Facebook is going to block Anyone who talks about Jesus, the Word, the Bible, God—all they those people are going to be uh, are going to be removing Facebook, YouTube, Google, and Facebook, and all these channels are going to already blocking people. I mean, there's a lot of servants of the Lord complaining that their 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 sites are being their pages are being blocked. I'm starting to experience that now. I didn't that experience that before the way it is now but it's really really sad okay see if any of you can open right here in there the dashboard if you're not able to i'm going to see if i can put up a link a one of the video i have the message from delusion up there that maybe people can can go ahead and some of these messages i i i'm really trying to put it as quick as possible just to get them out uh, out there for people and for people, and notice now that that some people have really found, are really fine are finding the message. Okay, um, so it's growing; it's beginning to grow. 52 people have viewed this one, 28 hours. So it, it's, I just started a few weeks ago, and and I, I mean it's doing fine. Okay, so the idea is to get the message out. Uh, now, Facebook won't allow me to put any breaking links on on Facebook, which is, is is also another problem with Facebook, and there's still so many people on Facebook that follow our ministry, because uh, a lot of people will say, "Brother, why you're not posting uh, your message on Facebook?" But you know, we're trying to do what we can. But it, it, see, that now I'm trying it. They won't let you. They won't let you. Faith won't let you. It, all these sites are being manipulated. It's just so sad. Okay, but going back to Daniel War too. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall be awakened, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting content. Well, this, this is in Revelation also that uh, there will be people who will reign with Christ a thousand years, Revelation 20. But there will be other people who will not, okay? Because you need to, if you die in Christ, you'll be able to overcome the second death. But those that that who die in sin, unrepenting, cannot overcome the second death. And this is important to know. My brother insisted that in Christ you will overcome. Without Christ, you cannot overcome. And this is why there is a second resurrection. My brother insisted. See, some will be for to shame, which is hell in the lake of fire. And some will be to everlasting content. Life. life ever, some to everlasting life, which is eternal life of Christ. Amen. But It's right there, it's like a 50-50, some, some, 50-50. Then that a wise should shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as a star forever and ever. Okay? The brightness of the firmament, feminine is about a hundred light bulb, the example. But all for that is a thousand and a million. So we're going to shine like a million in heaven, the bride of Christ. Okay? So powerful, the firmament is lighted up by the sun. We're going to be more powerful than the sun in Christ. In other words, to give you an example. Okay? We're going to shine more powerful than the sun itself. The sun will not compare to us. Okay? So it's like one of us can come to the earth and light it up like the earth had never been lit before. Okay? It's going to be incredible. It's going to be incredible. And that's the people that the Lord is coming back, his army, to destroy the army of the devil that the Lord showed me. Amen? So it's important that we make it through, that we get there, that we overcome in Christ, that we, we get caught up with the Lord of the air which is coming soon. Amen? And even those, because I know I'm speaking to the staying behind too, if some that are listening stay behind, don't cry out to Jesus for help every day. Do what you never did that you should have done before. Cry out to the Lord for help. Lord, I need food. Cry out to him. Lord, I need protection. Cry out to him. Okay? And if you're going hungry, don't worry. You're not going to die. Cry after him where all you can. Okay? And this is a fact. People that are going to stay behind, that have listened to the Lord's hour, in the temple, will need to cry out to the Lord for seven years. Now, it's like you never cry out to God even for seven years. Now God wants you to cry out to him during the seven-year great tribulation. And you will have many reasons why this time. Right now, you may have excuses. In the great tribulation, I heard a prophecy from the Lord that very soon there will be no excuses. Right? Wow. People cannot excuse uh, my work. People cannot use no more excuses anymore. And that's the fact of the matter that is coming. No more excuses. Verse 4. By God, old Daniel, shout out the word, seal the word, seal the book, even to the time of the end, okay, even to the time of the end, Many shall run to and fro knowledge shall increase shall be increased and this is why we're seeing the rise of AI. this is knowledge increasing because you know how AI works you create a model and you throw in there a lot of inform- a lot of knowledge a lot of information and that model uses that information and that's AI that's what we call AI but behind that model is a demon that they don't tell you. They'll tell you that how the model supposedly come together and how they throw in the information, but they don't tell you how the demon works behind it. My brother and sister, there has to be a demon behind it. Okay? And that's where you take it in prayer before the Lord if you don't know, if you don't think, if you haven't seen it, if you have a hard time believing it. Every time you have a hard time believing something that someone is telling you from the Lord, simple. Take it into fasting and prayer and ask the Lord to show you a dream of vision. Don't frustrate yourself. Don't say, I'm confused. Don't, don't call a person for profit. Just take it in prayer before the Lord, fasting and prayer. Ask the Lord in fasting and prayer. Ask him to reveal it to you. No problem. The Lord has no problem revealing it to you. He has done this since the beginning. Every time anyone in, through the Bible since Genesis had asked him, he has shown to them what they needed to know. He has no problem showing anyone or reveal himself to anyone. Verse 5. Then I, Daniel, and I say this because the Lord, a few months ago I had this conversation with you. I think it was last year. He says to me, why do my children think I'm hiding myself from them? I'm not hiding myself from them. Hallelujah. If they come to me with all their heart, they'll find me. I will reveal myself to them. And that's where it comes Matthew 5a. blesses the pure heart because they will see God. Jesus is God. And if you want to see him, you got to ask him to purify your heart. Now, it's not easy. Okay. But is anything impossible with the Lord? No, he can't He can do anything with anyone. My brother and sister, with anyone. Thank you, Lord. So if you go to him and you repent your down and unbelief, you ask him to help you, and you call him him, you ask him to purify your heart, to do it, whatever it takes, even if it's hurt, because hurt, it's going to hurt. He'll do it. And then you'll see the Lord. You see, you see, wonderful Jesus. Get a revelation of Him. Daniel two Then I like Daniel looked and behold, there stood two other, one on the other side of the bank of the river, the other on the other side of the bank of the river. Hallelujah! And these two other are angels. Okay, one of the other, other men said to me, cloth in linen. Who is upon the water of the river? How long shall I be until the end of this wonder? Why do I say angel? Because this confirmed Revelation. This is what John saw in Revelation. This is what Daniel saw. But Daniel calls it men, Which, in general, but it's an angel. What he saw standing, because that's what John saw. Okay, that's what John confirmed. Remember, Revelation revealed. So it's being revealed to us. What Daniel is seeing here is being revealed to us in Revelation. That's why I like to, when I share Daniel, I like to share Revelation. Because Revelation reveals what Daniel says. Amen. Verse 7. Then I heard a man clothed in linen, this is an angel, who was upon the water of the river. When he held up the right hand, he lifted a hand unto the heaven and swore by him that liveth forever, that it should be for a time and a time and a half. And when accomplish is carrying out the power of the holy people, they have all those things to be established. Now here, we have to take a breather. We have to slow down here now. Let me get that out of the way and put this one in. Because this time, time and a half, is a seven-year great tribulation. But it's being divided in two halves. And the reason is because in one half, they got to get the, the temple built. Okay? And then in the second half, the temple in the, the in the temple <coughs> excuse me sacrifice is happening. Now here's the other revelation, the other mystery being revealed here. Jerusalem being divided in two. Half for the Gentile and half for the Jewish. Okay? So in this division of Jerusalem, my insisted, I never seen it this way until now, tonight, but now I can see the division in Jerusalem, because Jerusalem already has been divided. The Palestinians need to get their acts straight and get their, they're going to the, get their approval through the UN. I know there are a lot of people not believing that Jerusalem will be finally divided, okay? Because they believe that, that before it get, it get to be divided, Messiah will return. But why do we get David in Psalm 83? And this question needs to be, raised, my brothers and sisters, or raised, however you want to say it. Because in Psalm 83, David prayed and asked God, keep down no signs of God, hold not thy peace, be not still though God. Why is David so desperate coming to God? What is happening? Okay? And then Messiah revealed, when you see the abomination sitting in the holy place, the Antichrist, which represents the Gentile, cannot sit in the holy place because he's not Jew. He's not Jew. Jewish. Anyone will tell you that the Antichrist is not Jew. He's Gentile. So how can he sit in the In the temple of God as God. The only way it can happen is if the Jerusalem is divided. But it says that one part has been given to the Gentile, my brother and sister. So the question is, the part given to the Gentile, my brother and sisters, is that part needs to be tied in with... Hallelujah! I'm I'm looking up the, the 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 verse. Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord. Praise, sugar God. That Jerusalem given to the Gentile. For the part where the Gentile occupy. Hallelujah! Okay, here it is. Revelation 11:2. But the cord which is outside the temple, leave it out and measure it enough, for it is given unto the Gentile. The holy city then, the holy city shall they tread under their foot for forty-two months. You see that in the, those forty-two months, which is half of the great tribulation, there is a part that belongs to the. Uh, but the cord which is outside the temple, leave it out. Measure enough. And this this is the part that is is questionable to the Jewish people, not to us, to the Jewish people. Because this part is not measured. And it's told that it was told to the angel not to measure the outer court, the outside of it. In reality, the outside of it is a part of Jerusalem. The outside of it is a part of Jerusalem my brother insisted, which makes line with the temple. Because this is, also, this is in line with the temple, outside the temple. The, the, the part of the temple here, I believe, that is being mentioned, is, is where the Holy of Holies is. And the Holy of Holies, right now, it goes on top of the Dome of the rock. So if you go outside of the Dome of the Rock, you're talking about one part of the Jerusalem, eastern part belonging to the Jewish, Western part belonging we to the Gentile, the Arab nation. What to call it this way? Palestinians, Gentiles. That's what God is referring to. My brother and sister. So if you want to go back to the Old Testament Genesis, to understand more a little bit of this is Ishmael and Isaac. One part belongs to Isaac, and the other part belongs to Ishmael. All the Arab nations are the sons of Ishmael, anyway. So this is how you, if you want to see it this way. So they have birthright to it, and God has given it to them. God told the angel, do not measure the outside of the temple, which is part of Jerusalem. God has given it to them. Leave it out. Measure it not. For we will give it unto the who Who is giving it unto the Gentile? God. There is a part being given by God here to the Gentile. I hear a lot of people that are standing for Jerusalem, including churches today, that this is not going to happen. I disagree with them. That's why when people say Jewish, uh, Christians supporting Jewish to join them, Hagee and all of them, I don't agree with a a a lot of the teaching. I disagreed because I know what the word says here. And this that says here, my brother and sister, but the court which is outside the temple. First of all, if we go to Revelation 11, which will help you understand what we're talking about. What are we talking about and what God is saying here? Thank you, Lord. Uh, Revelation 11, and there was given me a, a, a real like unto a rod. And the angels still say, arise and measure the temple of God and the altar. And then that worship therein. Immediately, when you read this, you assume that the people that are and worshiping are Jewish people. Okay. Who would disagree with you on that? Okay. Verse 2. But the court which is outside the temple, leave it out and measure it not. And the reason why we believe this is this, this, this. Temple and all that's for the Jewish people because it's the first temple given to the Jewish people until during Solomon. Herod reconstructed the temple later on, which took 42 years to rebuild, which Jesus said that were going to be broken down again. Comparing it to his own temple in three days, in which the will were tearing their clothing about it. But it happens anyway. Cause the Lord, can, Lord, Lord will never say anything that will not happen. everything he says happens. and it happened. the Romans came in and destroyed it since that time, the temple has been, been broken and never been restored. cut the in wall, the only part that is still standing then the through the because of france and all them the palestine the, the Arab got to build the dome of the rocks, okay the European country. And I don't, I'm not surprised if Fallen Angel, okay, Fallen God, Fallen Angel, with the one, including Sue, who helped the, the, the Arabs build the Dome of the Rock. Because the the formation of the Dome of the Rock is a Fallen Angel formation. I don't know if you've seen the – watch photo online of the building, of the inside of the Dome of the Rock. The formation on top and all that—it's the same formation that Sue, fallen angel in, in European country had made. They made the formation as as fallen angel, any. So the the fingerprint of fallen angel in the dome of the rock. Why? Because they knew what it represented, what abomination it represented. And I'm sorry for the Arabs. Don't mean to offend any or anyone. Anyone. But the true is the true, my brother and sister. It has to be said. And you can study it, you can pray about it, you can see God about it, my brother and sister. All those behind it had fallen in your fingerprinting it, my brother and sister, in the Dome of the Rock. But the outer court, the temple outside measuring up what is given unto the Gentiles, the holy city that they should pray under the foot. For 42 months. Who said this? God. Who revealed this to Solomon? The Lord. God Almighty. Okay? If anyone disagrees with this, it's agreeing with God. Simple. Okay? Always oh, we support the Jewish people. This is not going to happen. It's going to happen. Jesus said, when you see the abomination sitting in the holy place, talking about the same thing. The Antichrist is going to, which represent the Gentile, it's going to sit in the temple of God as God. That's why the Arab nations are waiting for their Messiah." which is our Antichrist, is to show him money. Simple. My brothers and sister, this is simple. Verse 3. And, and I will give power unto my two witnesses. And you know that this is God speaking there. God is revealing this to, to John, the apostle John. Okay? I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy 2,203 days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the, the two olive trees, the two candlesticks standing before God on earth. And any man if any man will hurt them, fire proceed out of their mouth, devour their enemy, and any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be heard. Okay. Now, I believe they're gonna be be used with God supernaturally. That I believe because what the things they're gonna do. Okay, I don't know if they'll be so powerful at the church of Jesus and the glorified body. Because the church during the three days of dying it's going to receive a glorified body to go out and evangelize. But I believe the church is going to be more powerful than the two witnesses. For those that, all oh, the two witnesses, the two, listen, the church will be more powerful than the two witnesses. The church is the army of God. My brother and sister. They have power to show heaven, Rain that in the day they prophesy have power over water to turn into blood to smite the earth or play and often of they well. the church will have the same power and more than this. I've seen it with my own eyes. I know what I'm talking about. The Lord has shown this to me. The church will have more power than this. My brother and sister. The church will call lightning from heaven. Will resurrect the dead and do much more. Okay, all this I think you know, the church can do it more. Okay? That's what the Lord is doing with the church during the, the revival that is coming. Okay? So if you marvel at what the two witnesses are doing, they don't come close to how God's gonna use you in the revival when He when He brings you into Oh, glory goes to the Lord though. Praise, honor for Jesus. But he's gonna use the church more mightily than this. We'll be able to fly like a dove. My brother existed. We'll, we'll be more powerful than any tank, any nuclear weapon. The church of God is going to be used amazingly, amazing by the Lord during the revival. No weapon formed against us will prosper. We'll be able to destroy anything that will throw against us. I saw a brother, remember the Lord showed me, walking with some other brother from the Lord's tower in the revival. And this tank was coming, I don't know if it was Chinese or what, I believe it was an American tank coming. And the brother grabbed the tank with his tank and threw it hundreds of miles away. My brother it's my concern that the man in the tank, he will kill them because they will come in to shoot at us, right? And and we were speaking, he said, brother, excuse me and he went to grab the tank and, and threw it hundreds of miles away. He said, Brother, brother, brother I said, Brother, we were in a glorified body. Brother, no, no, no. Because my concern is the people inside that are not in the glorified body, he threw he he threw the tank so far away, he probably killed them. I don't think that's gonna say well with God. He, but he was able to do so and much more than that. But again you know, these, these are the mystery of God that are going to unfold in the days to come that humanity will open their mouth, and if they don't close, the fly is going to go in. It's to be, they will have a hard time closing their mouth with what they are about to see. Marvel insisted. And when they have finished the testimony, the beast is standing out of the battle of space shall make war against them, and they will come and kill them. This is another time which we're not going to be around but there will be a time when we return back with Christ and our glorified body and and we're coming to destroy the, the army of the enemy in which I show you that the army of the enemy is is made of our own seed, our own children okay and I, I don't feel like going into the, that detail tonight, but to tell you. Things are going to change. Now, some people were asking me on Sunday to give them the link of the audio I was playing. And there was a reason why I did not give them the audio link. And because the system was talking about um, um, the lunar, what do I call it, like. You know, like signs of the months, which is not mentioned in the Bible, in which we have to be very careful about those things, like airy, the things that are gonna pass, the things that are gonna come. That um, I'm trying to remember because it was some something else he was talking about there, which is not biblical, which I heard witches using it, and when I say witches. Psychic uses, uses, uses these things a lot. Astrology. Thank you, sister. Okay? Astrology is not of God. And she mentioned some of that stuff in, in her baby. I said, no, 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 wait a minute. Okay? And so people were asking me, Brother Joseph, and so asking me to give them the link, and I did not give them the link. So I'm not going to give them something that I know can bring confusion into their life. So when you ask me for something and I don't answer you give it to you please understand okay i'm trying to protect you okay so you know i have forgotten that i have put her audio before sister celestial okay but i'm not going to recommend her out here anymore no astrology we need to be careful with that that that's that have brought that have confused a lot of christians over the years it has moved people into a deep confusion in their life, Years ago, I remember. So it's something they had to watch out and stay away from. My brother insisted. Okay? Anyone who uses it, hallelujah. It's just not good. It just brings so much confusion. It's demon. Demons are behind this stuff. So please understand why I would not supply the links. Okay? She said, surely, look, I was telling someone, Brother Ben, I believe it was, I was asking the Lord about Sister Shirley, and immediately the Lord let me know that she, she was his, his servant. But when I asked the Lord about some other people, no, he stayed quiet. He would not answer me. But when I asked him about Sister Shirley, he answered me. Right. So, as to me, I learned that a quietness from God, when he doesn't answer you, it means a lot. He's saying a lot to us okay that means we need to pray we need to ask him we need to seek him my brother, especially when somebody says astrology in an audio in a video that that opens the door for the attack in people's life and I'm sorry I play her audio without seeing these things and I'm like listen, like oh, oh oh no okay I believe the name of her channel is seeking heavenly things don't please don't. If you do it you're on your own because that, that can bring confusion to your life. Okay. I will I will continue to ask the Lord more about other people. Well I hope I get more from the Lord about other people. Okay? Thank you, Lord. So um Sister Shirley had it down with you today. My brother and sisters, let me see. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Yeshua. Thank you, Jehoshua. Hallelujah. Therefore, hey, I'm trying. I know I uploaded her audio. So, thank you, Lord. I mean, I know I have it, but I loaded it. I guess it had some problem. Okay, but yes, yes, um, sister Shirley, the Lord, uh, her her message, the Lord gave her the message. My brother, and sister Shirley, since she's from Canada, and you can go to the Lord about her too. Anyway, always we always have to seek direction and confirmation from the Lord. Amen. I like to play this out in the last because the confirmation there is so clear. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Uh Uh-oh. Okay, Sister Shirley. Uh Uh-oh. I apologize. I'm having audio difficulty here. See if I can play her now.
0: Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining me once again on my YouTube and Rumble channels. Today is May the 9th of 2023 and I'd like to share another word with you from the Lord this morning. For those of you who are new to this channel, the content on this channel are words of encouragement for the body of Christ regarding the end time days we are living in. These words are presented as they were received through spending time with the Lord and journaling. And for all of you who have been following my channel, welcome back. May all of you who hear this word today be encouraged that we are truly in the end times, which are times of difficulty, but also of great victory. This word today is another word that speaks of the Lord's coming, of the time when we as his people will be taken up to be with him. And so, though the events of the end times are many, this is one that is truly victorious for the body of Christ. Be blessed as you listen to this word today. This word is titled, The Day of Salvation. I'll begin by reading scripture. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 2. For he says, In the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Soon a new thing will be made manifest in the earth. Those who have longed for the Lord's coming will rejoice greatly. For the Lord shall come and his reward shall be with him. Those who have faithfully sought him will find him. For he shall come and dwell among his people. The old shall pass away and the new shall come. I am about to vindicate my elect, says the Lord, to snatch them up. Those looking on will marvel at this. They will be struck with awe as they see the clouds roll back and the elect rise to meet the Lord in the air. A triumphant procession shall march through the land, declaring the workings of God. The testimony of Jesus shall go forth into all the earth. Those who eat and drink of the table set before them will go forth with singing and dancing, and every enemy shall be crushed beneath their feet. They shall go out with great authority to reign and rule over the nations with Christ. They shall triumph over the accuser of the brethren and subdue the enemy with the testimony of Jesus. The wicked shall be cut off and the righteous shall inherit the land. Stand fast and do not waver for the time is short and these things shall come to pass. I am releasing my authority into the lives of my servants in this hour, says the Lord. Great authority is being released, and an army is being put into place. Spiritual wickedness in high places is being brought down, and the righteous shall rise up to take the land by force. These are the words of life. Walk in them. Your children shall be great in the land. My waters shall be poured out over all the earth. Just as at the great deluge, the waters shall rise. The ark is prepared, and multitudes shall enter it. Do not fear. Do not be discouraged. Do not be dismayed, for at the appointed time, Your offspring shall enter in. My hand is upon them. My heart is for them and not against them. I'm about to go forth on their behalf to take back ground in their lives the enemy has stolen. I will bind up the hands of those who would do evil against them. Every enemy hold will be broken off their lives. This is the day Of the vengeance of God take hold of the rope that has been stretched out to you and climb up says the Lord the rope is hope do not let the enemy rob you of your joy hold on to that which you cannot see cling to that which is good Open your eyes of understanding. Acknowledge that the Lord is good, that his mercies are new every morning. Do not lose hope, my people. Put your trust in me. Do not lean on your own understanding. Do not be swayed by the speech of deceitful men who delight in themselves and are puffed up with the pride of life. But put your trust in me, and you will enter the land of milk and honey, the land where every need is provided for. The enemy prowls around and is bent on bringing confusion. Do not receive what he brings. Acknowledge the Lord and the promises of God toward those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Cling to that which is good and you will see the salvation of God in the lives of your children. The roots of bitterness will be plucked out of the hearts of men. The roots of hatred and striving pulled up. The soil is being ground up and the roots are being loosened. When the roots are up and out, healing shall come quickly. And instead of bitterness and hardness, there shall be a softness and a heart of compassion for those who are oppressed. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. A time is coming when those who sit on the outside will be thrust in. No longer will they observe and judge, but they shall be thrust in to undergo severe shaking, struggle, trial, and tribulation, and will be forced to surrender at the feet of Jesus No longer will they mock the work of my Spirit in my people, says the Lord, but they will be put to shame in the day in which I do these things. Those who have faithfully received of the work of the Spirit to purify the bride and have longed for clean hands and a pure heart will be given great authority in the realm of the Spirit. They shall be rewarded with much and put into position of great authority to those who have much will be given but to those who have little even that will be taken away and given to those who have been faithful says the lord put away fear and apprehension And know that the Lord your God will vindicate you, that the enemy will not be able to steal away the work that I have done in you. I have built you on a firm foundation, and you will be able to stand through the test that is coming upon the earth. Everything that is will be judged by my spirit. If it is built in God... It will stand. If it is built on another foundation, it will fall. Get ready, for I am about to pour out my spirit in great waves of judgment to judge the works of man. Only those who have been building on the redemptive work of my spirit in this day will be able to stand. Rejoice, my people, for this is the day of your salvation. The nation shall be judged, and a reward is waiting for those who have been made ready to enter into the presence of the Son. Rejoice, for your king is coming, and his reward is with him, says the Lord." As I prepared to send this word forth this morning, I was drawn to the book of Revelation, and the Lord prompted me to read through the whole book. And as I read about the events of the end times, it was difficult for me to understand the order of events. The Lord is speaking about the rapture in this word. And he is telling us that a great turbulence is coming upon the earth and that he will test everything in existence to see whether it is built of God or not. He is bringing the naysayers through great tribulation and they will be brought to a place of surrender at the Lord's feet. And so the Lord is speaking of a time when he will vindicate his elect and give them great authority in the earth. I confess I do not have a full understanding of the end time events, but in this word today, the Lord once again is reminding us that his coming is very soon, and it may be sooner than we think. Maybe most of the events spoken of in the book of Revelation are already taking place, as the enemy does his dirty work in the world. But we can be confident the Lord will expose all those things that are hidden, and the truth will come out. Those things that have confused us will become clear to us, and we will begin to see the exact times we are living in and recognize that the rapture could happen at any time. But whether it is sooner or later, The Lord is telling us that this is the day of our salvation and for the reward for our faithfulness to trust and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope this word today is an encouragement to know that the times of trial and struggle and tribulation that we have been going through has been leading us on. that great day of his return thank you for listening today may the Lord bless
3: hello again and welcome to the master's voice i am celestial and you are welcome to this channel so old and new subscribers alike you are very welcome if you are a new subscriber you are welcome to use the playlists on this channel that is where all themes have been helpfully arranged for you there are different themes there is the russia and china playlist which is by far the most important playlist on the master's voice there is also the the sin series which is i think essential for new believers there are many people who have just come to christianity and they have no idea what things the bible calls sin either because they have not been taught or they have not for i believe in spiritual responsibility him the time to go and study the word of god for themselves and understand what it is that God requires of a holy people you have come to basically mountain Zion where the Lord is sitting in great and almost unapproachable light and glory therefore just as you would want to get to know any other person by understanding what they like and do not like it is essential to face time with the Word of God so that you can learn the character of God so that you can learn the heart of God So so you can learn the motivations of God and so that you cannot be deceived. This is great advice for you, whether you've been in the church for 50 years, whether you are a pastor yourself. None of us have attained. We are still in this heavenly walk. We are still trying to make it into the eternal kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. And until we actually get to sit at that wedding supper and see our little name tag, We are still in a position where the enemy can strike and the enemy can deceive and the enemy can capture and the enemy shall capture many, many trophies in the last days. And so if you do not want to fall prey to the first thing that Jesus named in Matthew 24, in verse 4, when he says, take heed that no man deceive you, that means that you need to have the word of God hidden in your heart, for it acts as this amazing filter whereby when you hear lies and you hear flesh and you hear cardinality and you hear people telling you their beliefs in place of the truth of God's word, you will have something like an electrified fence that will zap those lies and cause them to fall harmlessly at your feet. And understand that we are in a time period where the deceptions are getting world class. They are getting so good that they sound good, I spoke once about how if you have a sick dog and you want to give the dog tablets, you're not going to bring those chalky, untasting, untasteful pills to any animal, your cat or your dog, and give them those awful pills. You will hide it in the animal's favorite food and give it to them. That's also how people poison pests and vermin that are bothering their property or in their house. They will hide the pellets for the rats or whatever other animals in food. And then the animals come and eat it, and then they crawl away to die. In the same way, when you hide the word of God in your hearts, the lies shall crawl away to die. Bless Jesus. They shall perish out in the field, and they shall go back to their caves like the strangers that they are. But they will not take you over, and you will not be deceived, and you will not have to die a fool's death in these very dangerous times. It is necessary to read your Bible, to love your Bible, to not look at it like a chore or think that it is something you are doing to make God happy. Surprise, God does not need you to read the Bible for him to be happy. God is good all day long. Also, he knows the Bible. So the person who needs to know the Bible to be able to interface with him correctly is us. You hate this word. You hate yourself. You don't know this word and you're walking around and calling yourself a child of God. You are just as good as somebody who is walking around naked down the main street and thinking that he or she is fully clothed. So you need to know this word of God, whether you're an old Christian or a new Christian. You need to start somewhere. If you're new, start in the New Testament. Start getting to know the character of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not neglect the Old Testament. The Old Testament is the perfection of Jesus hidden in these stories, hidden in these scriptures. It's also the perfection of the Father. And if many people knew the Old Testament, if the Old Testament was actually properly taught in churches and properly taught by people who understand it on YouTube, the church would not be so deceived The church will not be neck deep in this fake God is love theology, which is God just has one job to love, 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 love the sinner, love the sin, love all the lies. That is not who God is. He is not into sin. He is not into defilement. He is not into people who lie and cover up their sin and then think that it is his job to keep extending them grace. The Bible tells us that grace does not abound so that sin can abound more, meaning that God will not keep giving you a get out of jail free card for you to go back to your vomit and then say, thank God, he's a loving father. This too is deception. And so whether you're old or new, it is your job to get to know the character of this God that you have come to to learn him for yourself so that nobody will put a bag over your head and carry you off in the back of a truck to sacrifice you in some kind of demonic, occultic church to their own whims, to their false gods, to their Masonic brotherhoods, and then leave your family heartbroken and wondering how you could be part of a cult. And so, today, the prophetic word is this. Introduction not completed. There are other channels such as Bitshoot, Rumble, and Brighton, where you are welcome to watch. I know that some people can't stand YouTube, and that's perfectly understandable. So you can follow the master's voice prophecy blog on BitShoot, rumble and brighton and there is also an excellently translated spanish channel that has these prophecies even though they're not quite up to date it is called la voz del senor there's also a blog for that and i will try to start adding the link under the old videos as i have time and so you can look under the description box to find out more about this ministry you can look under the description box to find out what today's prophecy is about today's prophecy is about the great falling away The fact that we have come, as the Lord Jesus Christ is saying, to the end of an age. We have come to the end of the age of the blended church. The church is now going to be exposed. And I think that it is wonderful of God to go ahead of the curve and expose his church himself before the devil has a chance to do it. It is just unfortunate that the tool that God will use to expose the blended church is the devil, it is deception, it is grand delusions, all kinds of levels of deceptions and delusions that will be operating in the hearts of people, and that is how we are going to see the wheat separated from the tares, the actual grains of rice coming out of the husks, and the husks will simply be carried away like chaff on the wind because we know that when you take rice out of that outer husk it is the rice that has weight it can go up into the air that will be the testing and calamity but it will always fall back down into the tray however the chaff because it has been separated from the rice will go up into the air and be blown off to judgment and this is what is going to happen the great falling away is going to separate who is a true believer and who is not and that chasm will be so wide that no matter how much you love someone please listen because This is a painful reality that many people are experiencing already. You might have already loved your, lost your loved one to painful choices that they made a few years ago. You may have already lost your loved one, and they're still alive and well now, and they hate you with the fire of a thousand suns. They don't want to hear anything that you have to say. They believe that you are deceived, and you know that they are deceived because they are following after a false gospel, false expectations, and their false God, who is called another Jesus, fake Jesus in his bathrobe of love, is the God that they believe in. And the day will come where God, Jesus Christ, will humble fake Jesus. The true Lord of hosts will burn up that effigy that many people in the church believe in. And that will be a day of wailing, I'm sorry to say. When these people actually see for themselves the kind of things that our master, Jesus Christ, is going to leave us here to weather the storms that we will face, the challenges that we will go through, the things that we will have to see things that I already see now, and when I talk about them, then people say, I think it's too much. She's doing too much. Imagine as if I'm trying to perform for an audience, as if I am not working out my own salvation with fear and trembling. And part of that fear, part of that trembling is being extremely obedient to the heavenly vision. I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, meaning as I see it, so I will say it. And if you can't handle it, It's up to you to build up your absorbency, or you will just be driven away from here because the winds are only going to get stronger until many people will not be able to take it. Do not lose your life foolishly. The end of the age, the great falling away, January 19, 2022. I will read the scriptures again. Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, meaning they absolutely will. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. 1 Timothy 4 and 1. The second banner scripture is this. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. This is simply saying, be careful that you don't grow up a seed in you that brings out the evil harvest where your heart is full of unbelief. And you depart from the living God. So the living God will give a message or the living God will bring a teaching through anyone and then you're listening to it and thinking it's too far-fetched or it doesn't match up with what you learn from Pastor Bob and Sister Hendricks. And so you don't want to listen to it and you depart from that place. There are many people who do not accept, for instance... That the sons of God that are referred to in Genesis chapter 6 are fallen angels. They just feel that it's so far left of accepted theology. Why would God allow angels to come down here? And why would God allow this? Why does God allow people to sin? Why should God curb the angels' sin when we are so much weaker than angels? And God doesn't curb our sin. God lets everyone operate in free will. Isn't it a little bit prideful to think that you have free will, and yet the angels who do not die should not have any free will? What kind of God would that be? So, here we are. The prophecy is from January 2022. I was sleeping, and the Lord woke me up in the course of the night, and he told me about the future, told me about things that will be, and how human beings will fall away to idolatry of the fallen ones. This is angel worship. This is the technology of the fallen ones that will so amaze us, the things that we will see in the future, the kinds of things that we will see. People will idolize the fallen ones, the fallen angels. People will idolize the technology that they bring. So there will be atheists who still don't care about the fact that this is coming from angels, but they will love what these people, these beings are bringing, and they will fall away to idolizing that, to idolizing the transhumanist body, the robot arm, you know, or the bionic heart, or the the radar eye, or all the different things, the integrated thing that I said that they will integrate the communications into people and young people if you don't raise your children right will think it's amazing to be able to answer the phone in the ear the fact is this is that you answer the phone here on earth and you are the super coolest teen and then you pass away because all man must eventually meet his end and then you get to the gates of heaven and jesus is saying i'm so sorry but we're not taking calls at the moment You cannot come into a holy and undefiled space where you are partly man and partly telecommunications. What a bitter end because of deception practice here in the body, falling away to cults of aliens. We already see that. If you are parents out there, please be mindful of your children because there are a lot of young children in these comment boards. There are a lot of young children under the chat boards of videos from places like the History Channel and and Gaia, and also grown adults who, unfortunately, don't know better because their minds are already being deceived, saying that, oh, no, we await The coming of the light bearers. We await the coming of the enlightened ones. They will share their enlightenment with us and they shall help us to transcend our evil nature that has wars and hates one another and we will all be one family. We will be the food of these beings. So if one family means being the meat of beasts, then I guess it has a different meaning from what God would intend us to understand. And so A lot of the prophecies that I receive from the Lord show the future world, what it looks like, who will be living there. And this is what the Father said about the coming times. People will clamor for other gods. To clamor means to make a very great, hectic, and stirred up noise. To be very worked up about something. To be very excited about it and moved greatly. To participate and to know more about and to be linked to So the way that people clamor for celebrities, when the celebrity comes in, they just lose their minds like, oh, this person is breathing the same air as me right now. And the way they respond is exactly how God says that people will respond to other gods. He said they will get tired of Jesus and they will instead desire gods who are more exciting than he. And this is not hard to understand. There's something about the Lord and the way that he presents himself that if you've not invested time in getting to know his character, you can get frustrated with him. And This is just honest commentary. If you're the kind of person that likes things to happen fast, and you come into a phase where the God that you are serving has all the power present to grant you any desire that you have, but before he grants that desire he will look at the motive of your heart. Why are you asking for this thing? What do you really want to do with it? Do you really even understand what you would do with it if I gave it to you? You say that you want a husband and yet you are filled with no submission and you are filled with pride and you are filled with terrible spending habits and you are basically going to be like a piranha that joins to this man, and drains all his savings over the course of five years. And then when he can no longer keep up with your spending Birkin bag habit, then you're going to dump him like a hot potato, take his baby away from him, and destroy his entire self-esteem as a man. Same with men who can do this to women. Derail them, kill their dreams, keep them under their shoe, and then cheat on them for good measure just because. He can. Jesus looks at the heart. He looks at the motivation. He looks at the character level. He looks at your level of development. He looks at your willingness to change, your willingness to listen, your teachableness, your humbleness, your ability to wait. He will test your spirit sometimes, especially if you're asking for really big things. The Lord will test you and make you wait and wait and wait just to see if you are someone who can be stretched from Gideon's faith to Abrahamic faith Gideon's faith was really small and he had to continuously be comforted all along the way but at least Gideon had to his credit his obedience every time God comforted him and told him go forth man of valor he didn't sit at home and say no I need more confirmation on this I need to talk to five more elders he went forth Abraham's faith God would speak to that man, and a huge period of time would go by before God had another conversation, at least a recorded conversation. And Abraham continued in the faith for 25 years until the faith was so big that it went off camera. It was so epic that this man is now called the father of faith. And so though God can do anything immediately, he does not. Because God is interested in well-rounded children, children who are very polite and humble and are not grasping far above their station and people who are able to trust him and wait upon him with love. And even when they're sad that they've waited for the thing a long time, they will still say, you know, though I feel a little incomplete without this, I do love you and I can still worship you because I'm able to separate my relationship with you with my hope or desire for this thing. Most people think that they are one and the same. God is only good when he gives them something, and he's an evil, horrible, troll person. When he takes too long, why is he doing this to me? He gave it to her, but he won't give it to me. God watches all those things. And so God is saying that people will be more interested in God's. first of all, that you can see. You will be able to talk to the fallen. They will be here in person on all the talk shows, especially the good-looking ones answering questions and saying, we have come to elevate you. And their voices will sound like the rushings of many waters and people will think, oh, he speaks so well and I feel soothed listening to him because this is what the serpent does. He will soothe, he will offer protection, he will give instant gratification to the microwave generation and they will follow after him, after them, after it, like lemmings. They will want gods who are more exciting than our Jesus. They will want masters who are willing to share power with them, gods who will make them gods. This is offering a fake form of eternal life. The youth elixirs that I have spoken of here, how women will be greatly tempted to drink potions that will wash and wipe away the years that will take you back to the youth of 16 years old when you were rosy-cheeked and you had not a care in the world. The only problem is that all of Satan's potions and all that he offers is a lie. And so after a while, those things, as I have seen them in the future, will wear off. And because they are spiritual magic, they will twist and make a woman or a man more hideous and more aged than they were before, leaving you no choice but to go back and get more. And thus the cycle will continue. Masters willing to share power means that they will share technology, especially here in America. America loves technology and information sharing. She has a very greedy, grabbing inside to be an innovator at all costs. And God has revealed that in this country, people, the leaders in this country, do get ideas, and they do get technology, and they get plans and agendas from the fallen ones. So gods that will make men gods will be much more interested than Jesus, who is only making men fit for heaven. It will not be a competition in the eyes of many people, because as this prophecy will show, there will come a time where Jesus will be considered a total myth And people will be mocked for still believing in him. It will be as if you have placed your faith in an archaic storyline. And people will tell you to your faith that Jesus has been debunked. They will tell you he has been debunked. They exposed him on CNN and the History Channel. There was a six-hour documentary showing that he was never born. And there was a 12-hour documentary showing that he was just a guy in drag or something equally hideous. And if you think that this is blasphemy, then you need to look online and see what certain pastors are calling the Lord. Certain pastors in churches that are already blasphemous, what they are saying against Jesus. Bear in mind that the Antichrist tongue will speak proudly against the Most High and will curse those in heaven of whom Christ is chief. Jesus will become a fairy tale, a storyline, and those who still love him will be mocked to within an inch of their life. So if you have a problem with mockery now, the future will be very difficult for you. They will want saviors of visible strength, powerful gods, those who possess and show them power. Again, here is God with his small miracles. You need something, and then by a series of small tweakings here and there, the Lord makes it happen for you. The Lord is not, at least in our age, because of so much unbelief. He's not really doing the signs and wonders that he did before. He's not really parting those seas. He's not really raising a lot of people to life. But Satan is going to come with shock and awe. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verses 8, 9, 10. We'll read those. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth, and he will destroy with the brightness of his coming. Well, let's hear more about that coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, the devil, the dragon, the chief fallen one. According to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. So once the strong delusion gets working, the power, the signs, the all-deceivableness, and the wonders that Satan will be the master of, will carry away the group that God says is perishing because that group is unrighteous and hates the true gospel and hates the true mannerisms of the Lord Jesus Christ, a God that displays power, gods who show power. So miracles, healing blindness through the false pastors that will receive a great influx a false power it's been said on this channel that there will be those who are working the works of god they will be working miracles in the last days there will be signs that will astound in all god's church but the false ones are going to be like Janus and jambres they will be working the same works and the holy spirit has said that this will be the battle that will test discernment for how are you to know when a man rises to life by what power It has been done. The Pharisees always asked Jesus, by what power have you done this? By what power have you done this? He does this by the power of Beelzebub. And then he would answer them, if it's Beelzebub's power that cleansed the leper or opened these blind eyes or healed the lame, whose power is it that your acolytes are using? How will you know who healed the cancer? Because most people are so fleshly that they will simply take the cancer's healing as an automatic sign that it is God. But the false ones will be doing powers, signs, and wonders. And if you cannot tell because your discernment is not active then the dangerous assumption you will make is that all good works must come from God. For God is good, therefore the work is good, therefore the work is of God. Ergo, it was God, and that is very wrong and dangerous math. They say that they will not want a God who mostly uses words to display himself. Just as Jesus, the true God, performed great signs and wonders among the Israelites, but was rejected in famous in favor of Barabbas, who had done nothing useful in his entire life, Jesus in the end times will be rejected for idols of human invention, self-worship, and false gods who will convince man that there is no merit in following the true God at all. And one such idol is this emaciated-looking man by the name of, I think his name is Yuval Harari. If you actually want to see the fulfillment of I think it's a a verse from one of the Psalms that says that the tongue of the proud walketh throughout the earth, then you have only to look at that little man going to many symposiums and conferences, saying things that would cause someone's heart to freeze with the confidence against which he speaks of our God, saying that our God's design is flawed, that he did not think things through that he made man with so many caveats and without enough fail-safe to make man a long-wearing product. This part of the prophecy is called other gods. So the Lord is talking to me in the middle of the night, has woken me up for this conversation, and he says that people will hate him. They will, as if they're operating on an unseen switch or a timer, come to hate him. So by a single stroke, as in nobody will be able to explain, when did it get this bad? We know that we've been seeing it pop up here and there, people falling away from their their faith and trying to get attention by writing these very disturbing things that adults do. An open letter to so-and-so, this is just attention-grabbing at its best. Nobody asked you, but you just write an, atten- uh, an op-ed, an open letter to God I find it hard to believe that a loving God, and then there's 3 million Americans in this country reading that junk, and it's going directly into the eye gate, into the mind, in through the ears, and settling like so much debris in the heart, defiling the well of faith that lives within. People read and think, yes, why would a loving God do this and that? And they do not know that that is the entry in of unbelief, which defiles a person and invites wrath from God. God loved Abraham and many of the other fathers because they were believing, because they were so faithful. They pleased God. But nowadays people will read academic tripe and then begin to ponder on it and begin to question the faithfulness of God his veracity? Is he really true? Is he really kind? Is he really the friend who sticks closer than a brother? And by such thoughts, they defile themselves and they become become the ones who have an evil heart of unbelief, exactly as the scripture says. So suddenly, at a stroke, like a switch being flipped, people will hate God and everything that is called God. And this is just what two Thessalonians say, that when the son of perdition and his spirit enters the earth, he will oppose and exalt himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. This is two Thessalonians chapter two and verse four. People will hate anything that calls the name of God, anything that mentions him, anything that invites his presence, such as prayer or worship, and anything that shows loyalty to him, such as Christians. So people will hate Christians, and I have done my level best to prepare Christians for the time that is coming that is not the time that they are expecting, where they will be loved and they will be gathered to, and people will want to hear what they have to say, but as the Lord says, they will be persecuted and put to death they shall hate the name of jesus they shall hate the holy spirit they will turn against me and against all who support me or call upon my name so this day he's talking about here now is the activity of the world that the world will come into a place where they will suddenly hate god and this will be the operation of antichrist spirit in them As if a switch has been pulled or a timer has suddenly run out, people will suddenly hate God, and they will fall away from the pursuit of God in huge numbers. So here is a second group. This is people who are in God, who are suddenly going to start to hate God, and they will fall away from pursuing God in huge numbers. You cannot fall away from something unless you were in it before. So you have to be in the running club. And then when you stop attending the meetings and they say, I wonder where Melanie is, then Melanie has fallen away from running club. But if Melanie was never a member, you cannot say that she fell away. The great falling away will be truly great. If there were five Christians, four of them will leave. If there were four, three of them will depart. They will utterly loathe my presence and depart. Loathe is deep and long-lasting hatred. And I put it to you that to deeply hate, you have to have deeply cared or deeply loved. You can't just loathe out of nowhere because if you didn't have flesh invested or skin in the game, as we say, You won't have such strong emotions. So this is like unto the betrayal of a wife against her husband to take a lover outside of her covenant. This is unto the betrayal of a brother against his sister by putting her in the kind of position that embarrasses her, exposes her, and leaves her feeling excessively vulnerable when she thinks that a brother is one who will protect and cover her. There has to be some kind of perceived breach of loyalty to loathe, Otherwise, you will simply say, I didn't like that, and you will be indifferent. It is a sad truth, but the majority of people in the church are mostly benchwarmers. This is the Lord speaking and celestial listening and writing down. It is a sad fact, but the majority of people in the church are mostly benchwarmers. They are not mine, nor are they rooted in the true vine. In the day of trial and persecution, they shall surely fall away for my name's sake. They have no root in themselves, and they will not agree to endure suffering and persecution for my sake. So Jesus is not speaking of any separate left-behind group. He is speaking to his church in existence upon the earth now, that when they come to the place of sifting, the place of purging, the place where the furnace is going to be heated up seven times hotter, like King Nebuchadnezzar did, And they realize that the heating of the furnace is actually for them, that it's not for that group of people that they always think are the left behind, that it's for them living now. Then Jesus says, they have no root. They're not rooted enough in the truth because they did not invest this time on earth to learn what we are supposed to prepare for. They couldn't believe it. And if you try to teach it to them, then they say, be it unto you, according to your faith. If you believe that the heating up of the furnace is for you, be it unto you. They didn't believe that the furnace would be heated up for them. And he says that they will never agree to endure suffering and persecution for his sake. So other people have been enduring this persecution over the ages. Persecution is part and parcel of the gospel. Whoever has left father, mother, brother, sister... Houses or lands for my sake shall receive much more in this life with persecution. They will go and the churches will remain empty, waiting for the great end times harvest that I will call in from the fields. The fields are white with purpose, white with harvest And my end times laborers shall go out to pluck the fresh harvest that will follow me wherever I go. The church will depart and the new church will come in. See to it then that you do not cast away your confidence, for by it you have a great reward. So the Lord is telling us clearly that the time is coming when offense will drive the church out of the church. So this is being offended with your brother in the church. And the oil that oils human relationships is going to start running dry because the Bible tells us that in the final days, men will become lovers of themselves. They will be quite intolerant. They will be unforgiving and stone-hearted. And so this might be a situation where you will try to tell a person, have you been hearing the word of the Lord And have you been hearing what God is actually saying we will face? And if you bring it up too much, then you get blocked on the person's phone, blocked on social media, blocked in real life, and they just stop frequenting wherever the two of you used to meet and have fellowship because they hate you that much and they don't want to see you. People will depart from places where the truth is being shared. They will be offended. God says the church will go, but he says that the fields are white with harvest, meaning that he has a new church out there in the wild waiting to be harvested and brought in by true end times laborers and that will go all the way from the new fivefold ministers that God is calling to take the place of the rotted tree branches that he is going to chop down suddenly after their funerals are done and all their little idol worshippers have cried their eyes out. God will raise up new servants. To take their place, who will bring an undiluted and pure word, an uncompromising truth. And the church that used to follow the old will either have to follow the new or fall away like their idols who have been buried with their lies. End times laborers will go out to get God's fresh harvest and he says that the church will go and the new church will come in and then he gives this warning see to it that you do not cast away your confidence for by it's You have a great reward. This means that if you are part of the church now, see to it that you are not one of those who leaves the revolving door. This is the revolving door prophecy that I have been speaking about here for years, that God showed me that people who have been in the church for years, offense will drive you out. Being upset at hearing the truth in an uncompromising format will drive you out. You will get so mad at hearing that you have to go through testing and days of darkness and creatures on earth with their ten toes. You will be so offended at the presentation of a Jesus who loves you enough to sanctify you with scourging. He was scourged, and imagine, he never said, for lo, my father wouldn't beat me up. Instead, Isaiah 53 says that it pleased God to crush our Messiah. But his church is like, well, there's, that's enough of that. One crushing is enough for everybody. He was scourged. The Bible tells us that we're supposed to identify him with, his, in, with him in his suffering so that we can share with him in his glorious resurrection. But everybody's just hung up on the glorious resurrection part. Too much noise in the suffering part. And he simply has a different viewpoint. The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away that word that was sown in their hearts. And these likewise, meaning this also is another group, they are sown on stony ground. And when they hear the word, immediately, immediately, They receive it with gladness. A God who loves me, a gospel of salvation, forgiveness for my many sins, any sin he will forgive. I receive him. I love him. I confess that he is my Lord and Savior. But they have no roots in themselves. And so they only last for a time. Life gets tough in Christianity.
0: Challenges
3: arise. We find that God, who perhaps used to give easier answers when we were children, now begins to lead us into a season where maturity is expected. Older children are expected to be able to wait longer for food than the baby who has no restraint and cries and screams the minute he or she is hungry. Older children are expected to be able to wait until mom gets the food ready and then sit at the table and participate in the meal with the elders. They have no roots, so they have not developed in themselves, and so they can only endure for a time. Afterward, please listen to the two words that are used. This is Mark 4, 13 and 17. Afterward, when tribulation and persecution arise for the word's sake, immediately they stumble, immediately. Wait, who's going to New World Order jail? They didn't say that in Bible study. They never told us in rapture videos about tribulation and persecution that arises for the sake of the word. You can even replace that word, word, with Jesus, for Jesus is the word. Immediately when tribulation or persecution arises for Jesus' sake, they stumble. What does it mean to stumble? It means that you, you lose your footing. You come to a place where you're not able to keep your balance. You are in danger of falling over, falling away. Why? Because you never built up the kind of faith that is able to be tested by that furnace, that fire. Difficulty, being hunted for your faith. Who wants to be hunted for your faith? Best to throw the faith away and pretend I never had it. And so I saw, as God was talking to me, I saw a scene where I was looking out through a pastor's eyes. I was looking at a congregation, a very large congregation in a very stylized and lovely Western church. It's the kind of church that has a rich interior design. So the pews were real wood, dark wood, maybe mahogany or something else. And The pews are separated. There's enough space. It's real wood. There's that nice runner in the middle of the church, you know, the nice rug in the middle. Scenes of the passion on the wall and beautiful draperies also on the wall. And as I watched, a group of four people got up out of a group of five sitting on the bench and they walked out of the church. Then a group of three people out of four stood up. They took purses. Bibles, other personal items, and they walked out. So all over the room, I, looking with the pastor's eyes, I watched as, just as the Lord had said, four out of every five rose up and departed, and three out of four believers took their exit. The church emptied very fast, and then the Lord took the vision away. This part is called the great falling away. The Lord said that people will leave the faith gross numbers this means large numbers falling away from the faith people will greatly exit the church of jesus christ they will clamor make a loud excited noise for new exciting beliefs for scientific revelations and for false promises of other gods as interest in the lord jesus christ becomes increasingly viewed as suspicious and archaic are you still reading that outdated bible Don't you know that it's been proven historically that they carbon dated all the scrolls and everything and they found that Apostle John and the others never existed? That it was a clever hoax that the Egyptians in ancient Egypt came up with and that the entire Bible was recopied from The Anunnaki civilization or the Sumerians, it was all a lie. How can you still believe that archaic knowledge? It doesn't fit now into our new society where we have sexual relations with the weird bodysuit and we can interact with as many partners we want simultaneously. Jesus is out of touch with our new utopian beliefs. Jesus is too far behind the exciting scientific revelations that they're working on to bring dead people back to life, he doesn't fit. They will want the impressive advances of medical science and the new technological inventions that will keep showing up. I have shared here that when it comes to banking, they will have something that grows up out of the ground, some kind of plastic that will just come up out of the ground and we will be scanning palms, it will no longer be about you and the ATM. You will be scanning your palm. They will be going by biometric data. They will be interested in teeth imprints, saliva, the retina. People are already using their faces to log into their iPhones. And yet when they hear these prophecies, no, it's too far fetched. I can't, I just can't see it. And yet the Lord is telling us here what will come. Impressive advances of science. This means that whatever they are working on now, the cloning, And everything that the Lord has revealed here, that these people will not be stopped in it. When he says the advances will be impressive, that means they shall succeed. Because who is behind it? 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 and 10. The lawless one is coming with power, signs, lying wonders. They shall achieve their goals. The clones will come out and say, I am seeking a human mate on Tinder. I am kind and not like your old boyfriend's. I don't cheat. I have been programmed to love only one woman. Watch the females of today flock to that thing to be found as its Princess Fiona. New technological inventions, he says, will keep showing up. So we are going into a time where more and more we will simply be reading these little blurbs. We've already seen that they've invented the robot dog. We've already seen that they've tried to sensitize people to living with automated things. How many people have Alexa in the house? How many people have the little Roomba going around? Do you know if that thing has a camera on it or not? It's funny now on TikTok, your cat is riding on it and you're filming it, but do you know if it has a camera? Do you know if it has a GPS that it emits? Hi, I'm here at 1515 Firefly Lane. You don't know. But you just open your house and bring everything in. The way the Greeks opened the gates and brought the Trojan horse in and brought death and destruction and conquest to themselves because they had no wisdom. Later, they will want the speculative false promises of the fallen ones who will show up promising a higher life for humans. People will prefer anything to God, and this will become very apparent in the time of the great falling away. So God is telling me, and I am telling you, out of the goodness of his own heart, that the world shall grow bored with him. And maybe this is why sometimes it's getting harder and harder to translate faith and love for God to the younger generation, because God just doesn't match their video games. God doesn't match the free sex that they're into. America is not watching as your children, the youth, have gone right back to the permissive sexual immorality of your youth in the 60s. More lovers is better. That's exactly what these children are doing now. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, there is nothing new under the sun. What has been done shall be again. People will prefer anything to God. It will be hard for a man to keep his faith. Peer pressure to convert to other religions will be great in the end times. So that means even the other religions will be making a play for the available humanity. Don't go to the Christians. Haven't you seen that they're on their two millionth and two false pastor reveal? How many times do they need to steal the church offerings before you realize that those people are false? How many pedophile scandals need to be exposed? How many moral failures can one of their pastors have before you finally wake up that God, that religion is false? The Jehovah Witnesses and everybody else will be making a play for the available souls and the church will be going through her worst era ever. Pressure to follow other religions will be great in the end times as well as government threats against the body of Christ that will make it increasingly difficult, dangerous, unappealing, and non-beneficial to follow God. Listen to the Lord. It is non-beneficial, people will feel, to die for God because there's not much of a visible benefit in laying down your life for this God that we call friend. Greater love has no man than this, but people will feel, my love is not an extended warranty. It doesn't go that far. It is unappealing to face death. It is dangerous to face government persecution. It is difficult to find that you have become a demographic that is being slowly excluded and cut out from things, becoming an object of hate, of mockery, because you adhere to archaic beliefs that as we go on, God will say that we are being accused of hate speech. We've been watching social media videos since 2020 of pastors who continue to preach, and they came and they put them in cuffs. We were watching from home, from quarantine, and thinking, what a brave man. But what would happen if the bravery of that man? God suddenly extrapolated it throughout the whole church, and suddenly everyone was required to show the same bravery. What would happen? Would you still be willing to be saved? Would you still be willing to believe in the same Jesus of Nazareth? That said to follow me, you must pick up your cross and then keep your feet on the same narrow path that I'm keeping. People will conclude it's not worth it to be excluded from so many gifts and benefits of the new world order. They will depart the faith of Christ to pursue the benefits of government rule in the end times. How many prophecies have I brought here about the beast system where they will be giving out incentives and social credit score and more points if you're a snitch and more points if you do your assigned neighborhood chores and you will be considered a good citizen if you join 10 female clubs, 10 female activities, but if you're only doing the minimum, as the Lord showed me in one dream, I had the minimum amount of activities, and then I began to receive mail. Hello, Celestial. We noticed that you are only in six female social activities. It is good to be a model citizen. You are doing the bare minimum. We have suggestions that we have chosen for you based on your personality profile. Please go through our suggestions, and you are also welcome to visit the website and look at a few others that we did not consider compatible with you. How would they know what's compatible with me? Because they will have tons of compiled data off the phone, the website, shopping habits, and just their general, nonstop spying. And the letter basically ended with a barely veiled threat, which was, we will give you 30 days to increase your number of activities and then we will be in touch again. So you're going to have to join the female walking club and the female knitting club and the female bingo club or the mixed sexes biking club. And many people will hate it. But God showed that in that future, there will be a sharp and distinctive difference between people who can hate things and still manage to control themselves because they have learned that Galatians 5:22 and 23... Show good fruits that wise people should be cultivating now in the days when the sun is up. People will leave the faith of Christ to pursue the benefits that government rule will give in the end times. Obedience means points to fly first class. Disobedience means... Waking up to find your bank account has been hit for 5,000 credits of repeated disobedience because you refuse to get extra club activities, and so they will just take a chunk of your monthly earnings. Then if you complain, they will hit you with a second fine for anti-obedience or whatever they will create in those days. And so people will not be interested in the slow God who wants them to wait and pray and stay faithful, and endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. They won't care for that. They will be greatly enraptured by the flashy miracles and the rapid results that the fallen angels will be bringing along with AI technology. And the fallen angels themselves will be a spectacle in themselves. So they will be a whole carnival sideshow by themselves. I shared uh A prophecy here about the angel that was on fire, how an angel actually manifested in front of us. It was supposed to be a big event and and all the people in the neighborhood where I lived at the time were like, we're going and it was it was known. But at the same time, not known that this was going to happen. And I, I knew about this. I knew this was going to happen. And, said, and so I said, I will surely not miss this event. But we didn't know what the event was going to be. And when we gathered out ta- outside at the particular time, an angel manifested in a column of fire. An actual angel showed itself standing so tall and majestic like this in a column of fire in broad daylight and come and see people. This is of God. This is majestic. People allowing their children to go near to what is effectively a tiger standing there with no leash. And at the same time, the sky was opening. God was showing a second dimension behind the sky. And while everyone was transfixed with that false manifestation on the ground, I was more interested in knowing why is the sky opening up a massive diamond-shaped hole and showing an entire different world behind it. And so there are people on earth waiting for aliens to arrive, excited because the aliens will be offering things like lengthened life, more technology, interstellar travel, and all that. So then what do we expect God to do about the behaviors that we have? I'm speaking to those people who God will speak to you once and you will know that the Holy Spirit has told you, I want you to do this or I want you to stop doing it, but then you don't listen. I don't know how many times I see that the evidence that God has been speaking to you is sometimes very visible in the com- in the, com- the comment section of this blog. The Lord has been speaking to you and you have been disrespecting him and not doing what he said. And then I will bring a prophecy and I will speak and as the tongue in my mouth is led by the Spirit, my speech goes here and there. And then someone will say... This is true. He's been telling me to do this for two months now. Imagine, imagine God going after you like a nanny for two months and you think yourself higher than the great spirit of Jesus. You don't obey until a mere human being speaking by the spirit. Hits you in the heart with an arrow. Not a poison arrow, but an arrow that brings conviction and then out of your mouth comes what's in your belly. Disobedience. And then we all see, ah. God cannot speak to this one, and this one wakes up like Abraham, who heard in the night, give me Isaac, your only son. And the Bible says, in the morning, Abraham woke up, took the boy and some wood and some servants, didn't even talk to Sarah, and off he went to sacrifice all he had. Didn't say, is that you, God? Depart from me, Satan. Didn't say anything like that. Heard the word, and the next morning, his feet were moving into obedience. And here are we in the final times. Where obedience to the voice of God is the difference between life and death. Don't speak right now, Todd. These men are on edge. They're looking for those that they call terrorists, treasonous against the government. They're searching your home right now, Todd. They might be breaking a few things. They might be eyeing your wife. Be still, my son. Hold your tongue. And then they do a little bit too much, and Todd goes, hey, what is that? Out goes the bullet, sorrow piercing the heart of your wife as she watches you, the protector and keeper of the home, fall to the ground all for the sake of the tongue that burneth like a fire in the mouth of this last generation, the tongue that cannot be tamed. And yet the Bible says the one who bridles his tongue It is like somebody that has conquered a whole city. The man who bridles his tongue, bridles, and that means control. To bridle an animal means that you put the muzzle on it, and if you pull this way, the animal goes this way. You pull that way, the animal responds. You bridle your tongue. The Lord says you control all the members of your body. What a mystery. That mastery of speech and control of the mouth can actually be the root by which a man or a woman can resist adultery. What a mystery that God says that if you develop enough self-control to keep this thing under wraps, you can't be tempted by someone flashing her goodies to you. Because if you manage to control the mouth, which is almost impossible to control, surely you can control your lion's Responsiveness to the voice of the Holy Spirit will decide whether a lot of people live or die in the days that are coming. But now is the time where speech is free, it's flowing, social media, you can say anything you like. And that is such ill practice for the days that are ahead when silence just might be your friend. And so, here we are, we are hearing the word of the Lord, Matthew 24 and 12, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. This is the description of the time that I'm talking about, that people will have no love, that they will have no problem, your own children handing you over to the beast system. Many times the Lord is speaking to me just in my personal time. Sometimes he's just soothing my heart about the difficulties of this work. And I would say to the Lord, Lord, why are the children so bad? And he just says it is their payment for their own rebellion. If a man or a woman is hearing the prophetic word of the Lord and sitting and saying it's a lie and then not only holding it in his heart, but he's speaking it abroad loudly, come and listen to me as I call the prophecy a lie and they're gathering unto him and they gather in rebellion against the Father, how will God pay you back? Will it not be your own child? that rebels against you and goes, hello, is this the New World Order hotline? Yes, my father is a Christian. Please come and pick him up. He annoys me with his insistence on group prayer. And off to the jail you go, and you will never see the connection between your rebellion unto God in the days where words were free. And then the days where words are death, your child will repay into your bosom. When the Lord told me that I was... Quiet, because no words that someone speaks against me now can be as harsh as your own child being the cause of your tombstone. That is enough to make anyone quiet. The seeds you sow now are waiting for you in the new world order, but you don't know that. You who do these things, but I know them, and I am quiet Because pity for you demands silence. And brother will deliver up brother to death. And the father his child. And the children will rise up against their parents. And cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endures to the end shall be saved. Matthew ten twenty one and 22, people in those days will hate the laws of God. They will cast off restraint. They will say that Christianity is too judgmental. It's too full of hate speech and problematic doctrines. One of the ones that the Lord was bringing to my mind just a few days ago is saying, observe the facetiousness of those who mock communion. That's right especially in the atheist community this is one of their main points of mockery that who would follow a god that demands eating of flesh and drinking his blood and he said to me my daughter even in the day when the lord instituted his supper did he give them his flesh to eat and his blood to drink and again i'm pausing and thinking God, your thinking is magnificent. I never thought of that before. Even in the day when Jesus was saying, take, eat, this is my flesh. Take, drink the cup of my blood. Did he give them actual saguine from his veins? Did he cut off globs of flesh and hand them dripping meat? Did he not bring them into one ship with him by the use of symbols? And yet the atheist will mock what is obvious in the pages because he considers himself so high in his mind. Those that exalt themselves, I am telling you, by the power and the spirit of God vested in me, they will be humbled by the darkness that shall enter in between their ears. When you see the animal and savage-like nature of those who reject truth, church, who are full of false doctrines, church, who are full of mockery and unbelief now, you are not exempted from this that I am saying. When you see the things that God will allow to enter into your mind and the things that you will start to do, carried by the throat by lies, those who are still granted to have a sound mind in Christ because the helmet is not only on the head, but it has a strap, and then they just put duct tape around it to be sure that it doesn't fall off. We will only pity you because you will be too far gone to witness to or to save because God says that when you fall away, when you go into the darkness of futility of the mind, because like Romans 1, you have seen what is of God, But you refuse to acknowledge him as God. He will not allow you to crucify Jesus a second time. They will say that our our faith is full of problematic doctrines, as I just described, concerning communion. This is just my own private teaching that God gives me, but I'm happy to share it. Our faith will end up as the global scapegoat for everything going wrong at that time. And the beast system will directly fuel the idea that Christians are hateful, restrictive, and judgmental people who want to stop others from being happy, progressive, and evolving people. We will be painted as the constant cause of conflict across the world. Us and our evil God who does not accept everything and everyone and it will be very hard for us. The Bible says that in the end, everyone will hate believers. And in some places, people will even think that they're pleasing the real God, whoever people think he is. When they kill those who serve and confess Jesus Christ, John 16:2. then they will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. Matthew 24 and 9, then they will deliver you up to be afflicted and kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my sake. Revelation 2 and 10, do not fear what you are about to suffer. Look, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison to test you, and you will suffer tribulation for 10 days. Be faithful even unto death. And I will give you the crown of life. Now when we're hearing tribulation, persecution, faithfulness, even unto death, we can tell that life is going to leave the body. No wonder then that many will depart the faith. No wonder then that our God has said in this message that the falling away, that pastors are teaching now without breaking it down into the small granules so that listeners can really understand what is up ahead. No wonder he says that it will be so great that four out of every five who call themselves Christian now will walk out of the faith, and three out of every four will walk away from Jesus. Four out of five, three out of four, that basically leaves one person left in each instance who will cling to their faith. So, this is the word of the Lord. And here are the Lord's words in John 15, 14, and 19, and I will end with this. This is Jesus Christ talking to God when he was praying. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. This means make them pure and true through them having the truth in them. You cannot be sanctified believing in lies. It doesn't matter who taught you the lies. It doesn't matter how long you have believed the lies. You are not sanctified, washed, purified if what is in you is deception your word is truth as you sent me into the world i also have sent them into the world and for their sakes i sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth may the lord minister the words of this prophetic message to those who consent to be taught I am Celestial, and this is the Master's voice. God bless you and thank you. As you continue to come to this channel, may you continue to receive the Lord's word as it has been given to me, taught to me, shared to me, faithfully written down in many notebooks over the years and kept so that God can know that his word is being stewarded as faithfully as I am capable Thank you for supporting the channel. Thank you to those who are a blessing to this channel. I pray that the Lord may return all of your seed to you and know that my heart uplifts you before the Father as you remember me. I pray for those who want to hear the Lord's word, that the word will not be taken away by evil birds or the word will not find stony purchase in your heart, but that it will go in and that your roots will go down deep enough so that you can remain and endure until the end. Until I see you again, God bless you, and goodbye.